Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am Trip Lano, one half of the Mega Podcasting Powers, and with me, starting the ninth year of this podcast, which we did not acknowledge on our previous episode because we are absolute fools, is the Macho Mandrew, my brother. Andrew Lano. Yeah, it is crazy to think about that it's been so long. Yeah, uh, it's totally bonkers. I was like, I was like, oh, wait. Uh, that was, that was the last episode of August. Oh shoot. We should have said something like, what if, what a fool? Cause we're recording, this is peel back the curtain. It's still August while we're recording this. And so in my head, I was like, oh, that's the episode we got to talk about it on. But no, this is the start of the ninth year of this thing. Wow. Wow. This, 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 this unwieldy ship of ours. <laughs> it's very difficult to turn. Uh, sometimes it smells bad. Uh, but yes, it is uh, Sometimes they run out of shrimp at the buffet. <laughs> Sometimes they run out of shrimp at the buffet. Neither of the captains knows what they're doing. Uh, but anyway, if you're here, we really appreciate it. So I just want to say thanks to all of you who have listened to the show. We also thank the people who don't listen anymore, but they'll never hear this. So, you know, you, you get to have it on their behalf. Um, so if you, I will say I, it's, it's, it's gauche to be like, uh, here's how you can be, uh, be even more supportive, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, if you really like the show, uh, if you like the show even a little bit, you should check out the Patreon. It's patreon.com slash dissecting the eighties. Got a new bonus up, uh, bonus episode up there right now for the month of September, which is on American Anthem, which is like a wild peek into the, the thing we've touched on before where it's someone's star shines so bright that they get a movie, which yep. is not really a thing we do as much anymore. Uh, I feel like they've tried to do it with some YouTubers. TikTokers. They've like, they're, they're trying to do it. TikTokers, TikTokers now, but before that, I feel like there was like a window of like, uh, well, because st- wasn't that Valley Girl remake like a YouTube, the guy is from YouTube? I think maybe. I, I don't know for sure. Is- but I feel like the what used to happen like 10 years ago was that they were making these little movies and then not really having distribution because streaming wasn't as, you know, juggernaut mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. it is now. It was sort of like you had Netflix and like maybe Hulu, but like that was it. Yeah. And they were kind of like, we don't really want it. So they'd be like, make these like F the prom or like whatever stupid bullshit. But now <laughs> now these like media, you know, streaming juggernauts are like, hey, teen TikToker, do you want to be in a terrible remake of a movie from the 90s? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A clueless will be next. Oh, I sure. hope not. Uh, but anyway, uh, it's because they're going to get it wrong. They're going to get that movie is super feminist and they're going to get it wrong. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they get them all, they get most of them wrong, so that wouldn't shock me. But uh, this was this was a uh, a peek into that era where we had a, a gymnast who was such a breakout star that they were like, we gotta get this guy in a movie, and he can't really act. No, so it goes it goes about how well you think it that's would. probably why oh, the gymnast- other uh, athletes didn't get the that treatment like the uh, F- Lochte or Phelps or like Simone Biles. They're probably like, we're good, you know. Yeah. Stay on the Wheaties box. See, like, stay on the stay on could, the podium. <laughs> yeah, it's like if you were going to make a movie now with Simone Biles, you would make a movie in which she has a small part as a coach or is like on the team. Yeah, you know what I mean? It wouldn't she's be there. Like, although I will say she's pretty charismatic. You could probably like you might be able to get away with her. But like if it was Michael Phelps who has no presence, no. Uh, you, you'd be like, yeah, you're the coach. <laughs> you know, yeah. of, like put a, him in a track jacket yeah. and let him slap someone's yeah, back. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Unless you're making um, anyway, a movie so we pitched years ago, or slash also during Jim Cotta. No, that was Jim Cotta. Not, yes. Not American yes. Anthem. Yeah. Where yeah. terrorists attack the Olympics and the Olympians yes. have to save the day. Yes. 
It's a genius. It's a genius idea. I know Adam Carolla also has had this idea, so it's not. We didn't think we'd reinvented the wheel, but it's a great movie. So someone should write yeah. that. I would watch it. Um, anyway, so that is over there. It's an American Anthem, a very fun little weird uh, movie uh, that you don't really get as much anymore. So fun to explore. So that's patreoncom slash eighties. If you like this show, you get four extra episodes a year. Plus, we do the Christmas commentary and all sorts of other fun stuff. So go check it out, uh, and uh, we will see you over on Patreon. But for now, we watched Night Shift, so you know what that means. We gotta go back. We gotta go dissect the 80s. It's your proto Beetlejuice. Someone's gonna get your proto Beetlejuice. When the mega powers explode. I'm talking about the 80s. Oh, yeah. Great Scott. Cream of the crop. Oh, yeah. Mega powers, yeah. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. <laughs> that's a that's a good uh, that's a good pool there for for Keaton. I have I have a lot to say about Keaton in this. Movie, I do too. So I'm I'm excited. Very good. Excited to dig into it. Um, we start with uh, Richard Belzer from the Law and Orderverse. Yes. But uh, are you aware of the John Munch thing? No. So the name of his character on Law and Order is John Munch. Mm-hmm. Oh, is this like he was? Been, he's been that character in like eighteen things or something. Yes, yeah. It's like the X Files, The Wire, all of the all on. Are they canonically also, all the same, John Munch? Yes, yes. Also, Sesame Street in like a thirty Rock. like a cop episode. Was he like finding I, the missing yeah, cookies guess, or something? I don't know the context, but I I just saw it listed and I was like, it was probably something cute, you know, like that. Uh, on Thirty Rock, there was a dream sequence where he played John Munch and was like, I think Liz talks to him in the dream. I can't one hundred percent remember. Yeah, I can't uh, remember that. I, I watched a also, lot of Thirty Rock. Also on also on Kimmy Schmidt, uh, which I don't remember, but I, I fell I, off was that. Also on Kimmy Schmidt, love <laughs> that yeah. wagon. But I I like to believe that this character is a very deep undercover John Munch. So this I'm or including. It this could be John personally. Munch before like he like oh like before he became yeah he like he this was what scared him straight and he was like you know what oh, I'm gonna spend the rest of my life putting yeah. the punks that I like like I used to be behind bars dun, yeah dun. yeah I like that yeah <laughs> I love it so that's I saw him and I was like oh man Richard Belzer and he's he's barely in the movie yeah but, um uh, I just love that Law and Order business I you know I love that stupid connection stuff I just recently was doing uh the same thing with um. Is Ru- no, not Rue McClanahan. Estelle um, Getty as Sophia. Thank you, Estelle Getty. Yes, uh, and how she played she played Sophia like in a Blossom episode for four minutes. She just said she literally like it's, she comes in one door. She has a tête-à-tête with Blossom, and she walks out the other door, and that's her whole part of the episode. But it's her playing Sophia on a Blossom. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I was really delighted by seeing how much she was just like, yeah, I'm not giving it up. It's this good paycheck. Why would I, I? mean, it's like, yeah, I get rest it. in peace, but it's the same way with, um, rest in peace for Estelle Getty too. She died, uh, for Pat Carroll, like anytime Disney wanted Ursula for anything, she was there. Sure. The, yeah. A theme park show, a fireworks spectacular, a video game, a, a ride, a, a piece of merchandise that was going to talk that she was, she was there in the studio already recording. Yeah, I, it's like you know, for, for especially uh, Estelle Getty. I'm not. I don't know the age of the, the actress who played Ursula, but like she's an older woman. I mean, she's obviously not as old as Sophia is. Yeah. But it's not like there's an abundance of roles out there. So it's like, yeah, I'll take the work. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> well, in a similar vein, and I promise this will be the end of our tangent. I think um, 
uh, Angela Lansbury had a friend who was an actress who was like, hadn't gotten work because she was an older woman and, you know, not Mm -hmm. a lot of opportunities. And she learned that she, because she hadn't been getting work, she was going to lose her health benefits through SAG or SAG actors equity or whatever. And like, she was going through hard health times and she was like, she was like, I don't know what to do. And so Angela Lansbury wrote a role into Murder, She Wrote, so she would have a role twice a year or whatever, whatever minimum she needed. Oh, Like, wrote really? a specific role into Murder, She Wrote, so that this woman could come back, every, like, twice a year, so she could keep her um, benefits. So she was, like, her agent or something? Like, something that would recur, but not often? I think she was, like, a librarian in the town or something. Like, okay. she worked okay. in Cabot Cove. That's great, yeah. Which, like, what a, what a, exactly what I would love to do. What, I would love to have that power. That, that, that is the type of nepotism I can fully get behind, where it's, like, it doesn't really affect anyone, right? It's, like, yeah. Yeah, I guess technically another actor lost out on that part, kind of. But, but like, that part wasn't going to exist. Really, <laughs> right, right. It's just, like, it's like yeah, I, I'll I'll get to, I, I will make sure you get to keep your health insurance. We will make sure you tick the box because hollywood won't hire you i'm I'm all in for that uh anyway richard belzer is uh one half of a of a pimp duo who's chasing down are they actually pimps Uh, are they like like the manager they'd be like a manager to a (laughs) they're the 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 upper management versus the middle management i don't know my impression is like vaguely mafia connected because i always assume the people who want money don't actually do anything like, yeah, it, I, that's true. It, that wasn't supposed to be like some commentary about like Bezos <laughs> or whatever for once. Yeah. But just like anytime it's like the mafia or like the high, these goons being like, hey, you pay us for protection. It's like, well, you're <laughs> you would be the one that would hurt me. So. <laughs> so so with that, I don't you know, not necessarily defending the mafia shakedown here, but like. In the era, like the old era, it was kind of like, you know, you might not be able to get cops, but we can make sure if somebody robs you, like, we'll make sure we get your justice. So I think people were like kind of paying them as a private security force. Obviously, it was like pay us or we'll destroy your business. Yeah. So it was not on the up and up. But there was I do believe there was like some level of. Is there any of that okay, like Goodfellas this, and shit? Um, Goodfellas is all about the bad side of these things. So it's like. Yeah. Oh, Bronx know, Tale. They, isn't, isn't Bronx Tale like all that? Bronx Tale has <coughs> Bronx Tale does have some of it. I think it's Bron- I'm almost positive it's Bronx Tale where these like bikers come in and are in this guy's bar and they won't leave and they they like he goes to get the mafia people and he's like, "Hey, like these guys are in my bar. I got to get them out of there." And, and it the, turns they out they were doing like, a Toys for Tots drive. <laughs> yes, exactly like uh uh what we do in the shadows. Uh no, it's actually it's like Obviously, it's like horrible, but uh, it's a very badass scene where they like talk to the guys and they're like, come on, you know, you, you got to get out of here. And they're like, "Hey, fuck you. Fuck you. And they're like, oh, fuck me, huh? And then he he locks the door to the bar. Like yeah. he locks the in. You're locked in here very with much me. Like Rorschach. Exactly. And he's like, now you can't leave. And he picks up a chair and just like cracks one <laughs> of the dudes. And then they just they beat nine times the shit out of the guys, uh, including the like one great spot where he like kicks the first motorcycle and they all go down like dominoes, like <laughs> clink, 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 just destroying the motorcycles. Um, so obviously like bad people, but it's a very badass scene. Uh, yeah. So I think I think that's like what you were ostensibly paying for. But obviously it's like if you don't pay me, then I will do yeah. the things. So yeah. it's, you know, you, you're you're double fucked. Uh, I only guessed but yes. uh, Bronx Tale because that one, 
YouTube. Sh- I'm 90% sure that scene is in Bronx Tale and not Goodfellas. Like, it's possible that my brain f- screwed that up, but I'm like 90% sure that's right. YouTube shorts, for some reason, get stuck in like cycles for a while of what they want to pu- pump out to people. And for a minute, sure, sure. it was Sopranos clips with occasional like <laughs> Bronx Tale Goodfellas tossed in. Okay. Yeah, I I recently did. I don't often do this. I'm always like, why would anyone watch one scene of a movie? But it was the long take in Goodfellas popped up. And I was That's like, through the kitchen, right? right? Put the good... Yeah, yeah. And I put that on. And I was like, oh, shit, I, w- I got to watch. There's scenes in movies now. that I've watched of just the scene. But if it's a weird like, because shorts are like 30 seconds at most or whatever. And I'm like, what yeah, yeah, ha- yeah. What happened that now it's like all fucking Sopranos and like <laughs> out of context? I have no idea. It's like I, this woman's I being beaten by about... her husband, who is actually Tony Soprano's nephew. And I was like, yeah. okay, I feel like this is more impactful if I like watched the show. <laughs> I thought you were talking about that thing where it's like ten minutes of Tony Soprano being a bad. Oh no, like those videos exist, is. but this is YouTube Shorts yeah. where they're like trying to be TikToks. I and see, it's just yes. like 30 to a minute, 30 seconds to a minute. And I'm like, I don't, there needs to be more context in some of these clips. <laughs> but anyways. Uh, anyway, so they're, they're, they're chasing this guy down. I, I, I think you're probably right that they might not be pimps themselves, but I, I thought he talked about territory, which made me think it was like, oh, like regional we, managers. You know, we have. Yeah, right. But also like we pimp these streets and you pimp those streets okay. and you came to our our section of town. Sort of like, you know, uh, The Wire has a lot of things about like territory is pretty sacred for the drug dealers mm. in The Wire where it's like, this is my area. If you come into my area, that is incredibly like that is the, the boldest of moves. It's much, much you know, yeah, war bullshit. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, they're chasing this guy. It's it's a great scene. I will say this right off the bat. This is a Ron Howard movie. Probably we my most, spent, the most exciting Ron Howard movie I've ever seen. We we have spent hours making fun of this man for the way his movies looks. This movie looks great. Where did this all go? Like, he's had other good DPs. Uh, Dean Cundy shot Apollo 13. Like, what happened, man? This is genuinely very good. Like, if I saw this movie and then I watched something else from him, I'd be like, did you get a head injury? How did <laughs> like, this happen? Happened? Yeah. So a lot of great looking stuff. In particular, this sequence, they finally get the guy, they tie him to a chair and these dudes are playing basketball and it's like really well set up movie wise where it's like they're playing basketball, you know, and they the guy runs by and like, who is that? I don't know. And then the two other guys run by and then the dude is like going for a dunk and you see he bets his friend a dollar or something that he can dunk. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's like going to do the dunk. And as he's like running up to the basketball, it's great editing, cutting back and forth between the chair, the the man bound to the chair getting thrown out the window and the guy going for the dunk. And an awesome shot of up underneath the hoop of the the chair coming down. And so he dunks and then the dude in the chair goes also through the hoop. It's crazy good looking. It is. Two things. Uh, This would not have killed him. Oh, absolutely. Like just like he would have turned into a bag of soup, I feel like. The way his butt he hits when he like the like cause you see his body sort of like you don't see hit like you can tell it's the moment of impact for him. Right. And I was like, that just wouldn't does not look like it would have killed him. Like if he had gone head first, I would have believed it. I assumed his shin bones like went out up through his knees. I mean maybe. Uh the other thing I was the chair the chair shaft. Oh yeah. Um I was like, how did this kid not hear or see this happening? <laughs> I assume he was like so intently trying to make this dollar off the dunk that he was like, you know, you get in the zone sometimes, you know, and it's just like, you know, he's heart heartbeat in his ears and he goes up for the dunk and he's like, yeah, 
yeah. And then all of a sudden, he, like, then his brain is like, that was the sound of glass breaking. That's the sound of a man screaming. And he's like doing, yeah, yeah. And then like he would turn and just see this human I body. I kind of wish it did that. I, I will say, I think this opening scene needed to be like mm-hmm. given a bit of a, a color wash of, a, of comedy to it. Yeah. And I, yeah. I think the whole world needs to needed to have been heightened like two clicks to match because Keaton Keaton's in like his own movie. I love it. I love movie. it. I love yes, it. I love he it. Is. Yeah. And like yeah. it's a per- sort of perfectly balanced with Winkler's energy being so the opposite. But yeah. then the world feels very normal. And I was like, well, we need we need some balance issues. Yeah, I, I, I feel like there's a really great movie that I would love in this movie, like and not even with like a lot of. I mean, obviously you'd have to reshoot some stuff, but even just like reordering it a little bit, I think would would really up it for me. For me, mm-hmm. I, I th- mostly I like what's here, but I think this movie would be a lot better if, like, for example, so this guy gets killed. Uh, it looks it looks fantastic, um, and we have we cut to a theme like, song. Work can't ignore a theme song. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and by the way, written, uh, I should say, uh, the DP on this is uh, James C-R-A-B-E Crave, I'm guessing, who also shot Rocky and um, the first two Karate Kid movies. So he knows how to shoot action yeah. for sure. Um, and then it was written by uh, Babalu Mandel. And I forget the man's first name. I just wrote down Gans. But uh, they wrote Splash together. Oh. And then I think, uh, I don't know if they both wrote League of Their Own and Parenthood, but at least one of them wrote those. You said League of Their Own? Um, yeah. Oh, nice. Um, so, yeah, we get the theme song, and then we have Winkler, who's, you know, works at a morgue. We see him at his job, and and um, he is there with Shelley Long, who um, is identifying the man who got killed, and this is where we start to see, like, she's like, oh, don't I know you and stuff? And I feel like the first scene should be, like, Winkler coming up to the apartment with the girlfriend and... Shelly Long being like, oh, hey, Jim, or something like Like, I feel like we should know that they know each other yeah. before because, whatever. Well, because she's a sex worker. We'll say that. Yeah. And yeah. so I feel like the joke was supposed to be, isn't? wouldn't it be crazy if this man went to a sex worker? Isn't that shameful right. and hilarious? Right, right. Where, rather, where yeah. the punchline really is, no, she does know you because she lives in your building. You dip. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so it's like, I, I think that would be funnier if we knew that and he didn't like, cause he just, you know, thought of her as like, you know, Sally down the hall or whatever. Yeah. Um, so like, that's just a minor thing. But or they should have done a wig. It should have been like, like, what, sure. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, <sighs> pretty woman. No, not pretty. I was going, uh, trading places. <laughs> oh yeah. Also trading places. Yeah. 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 Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I like, I think that would make it a little bit better. Um, but he, so he does this identification and then his boss comes and talks to him and is like, Hey, I'm bumping you. You're getting demoted to the night shift. My nephew is taking your job. Son of a bitch. Yeah. Well, he also says, I feel like, uh, if your boss ever said like, does something shady and then goes, what are you going to go over my head? The answer is yes, because that means you can go over their head. (laughs) They just told you I'm doing something wrong and to go over my head would change this. Absolutely. Yeah, I just I feel like yeah, I, I feel like the movie like th- this is the only like we see him get kind of shat on here. And then later we see like that the wife and the family doesn't really respect the sorry, the fiance and the family doesn't really respect him. And he kind of gets like pushed around and the whole sandwich thing. But I feel like 
the the turn of this movie happens at a point where I'm like, well, I don't I mean, I'm just kind of confused as to why like he suddenly had this eureka moment. It's like, yeah. you know, the, I it just doesn't it just I mean, the crux there, of the movie we'll is a a cis white straight man learns to be assertive, which like yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's I mean, his look, arc. Yeah. If if yeah, we both went down. Yeah, I get what you're saying, but also it's like, you know, it <laughs> he isn't assertive and so he gets to be, you know, it's it's fine. I honestly feel like in watching this movie, it's like Ferris Bueller but from Cameron's point of view. I can see that. I can see that energy and, for sure. And watching this, I'm like, "Oh, this is why everyone hates Ferris Bueller." <laughs> Because everybody else identifies with Cameron and I identify with Ferris Bueller. And so I'm like, oh, yeah, he's like, he just, you know, works the edges, gets what he wants, doesn't really harm anybody other than Ed Rooney, who's a turd. And it's like, yeah, you know, if you if you don't if you don't identify with Ferris in any way, then it's like you're Cameron and you're like, oh, what a piece of shit. And it's just like most people seem to hate Ferris Bueller. I was like in ever since we did that episode, I've noticed it more and more like Ferris Bueller, the character, not the movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. But people, well, people probably don't like the movie if they hate the character, but people really fucking hate Ferris Bueller. I know you don't like him either. Yeah, he's not um, my favorite. Yeah. And so I was just, in watching this, I was not like, my favorite oh, Broderick or Hughes, like? I will say. <laughs> is this, uh, what's your favorite John Hughes movie? Um, now I'm blanking. Well, you can come back to it when, yeah. when it comes to you. I just curious. Um, but yeah, I, just, I, I, in the latter stages of this, I was like, oh, it's kind of, Keaton. Uh, is kind of like Matthew Broderick in, in Ferris Bueller and, and Winkler is definitely Cameron. And so like, I, I could see this movie from a similar lens of like, you know, he needs, he desperately needed someone to be like, Hey dude, you're allowed to stand up for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, also his, his wife or sorry, I'm going to keep saying wife. His fiance is uh, the actress is, is Gina Hecht who uh, I uh, have seen in, in a few things. She's got a pretty prolific career, but most recently I saw her playing Lil Dicky's mom on the, the FX show he did. I don't know if you're aware of that at all. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, I saw like four funny. episodes one time. Okay. Uh, his parents are, are Gina Hecht uh, who, who's in this and then David Pamer character actor extraordinaire uh, always bald. I'm sure I would nebbish. recognize his face. You would. Yeah. We, we've done a couple movies and talked about his performance in them in particular. Um, he plays doctors a lot. Okay. Wears a lot of glasses. Uh, but yeah, I was just like, oh, what what two great character actor types for, for the parents? I, I will say I was like, oh, c- clearly we're not supposed to root for like be rooting for this relationship because mm-hmm. she's like exercising really hard for their wedding. And it sort of ends with him trying to kiss her and like she won't stop exercising enough to actually like kiss him. And I was like, yeah. oh, we could have given her a little more, a little more shading on this. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it, you know, when you're, when you're creating a character whose only go- purpose in the movie is to be the object in between the character and the one that they're supposed to fall in love with, they end up being very throwaway. And so she, she's in this movie a lot and doesn't have anything to do. It's a bummer. Cause like you can like characters shouldn't be props in general. Like right. I'm not, not right. going to say like, the women of this movie are props because they right, are, but right. like your yeah. character should. I think Shelley Long gets some things to do, but you're. I mean, she's close. She's, <laughs> she's not. She's not a lot. She's a, a yeah. featured prop, we'll say. Yeah, she's the hero yeah. prop. Um, she's she's like a she's more like a lightsaber, you know. It's yeah. like an important piece. Um, but like if you if if you're like writing your screenplay and you've realized that like this character's function is just to like be an obstacle or like whatever, then right. like. Give him some shading. At least give him something right. to do. Right. And, and Make like, the actor work for their little... day rate. 
you do see it like as we go through, like he's very deeply unhappy. Like he's trying to have sex with her. Like, you know, it's like she's like kind of intimates like, OK, we can, we can have sex. And then he has to do this like whole rigmarole. You can't look but, like, at me. You have get... to turn the lights off. You have to check the apartment. Yeah. Yeah, make sure there's nobody in it. And then, like, later he says that to Shelly Long as as if it's, like, the biggest annoyance in the world. And she's like, what are you talking about? And he just, like, like never mind. He's like, never mind. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I mean, that's a pretty wildly weird habit this woman has. She's like, clearly what? got a lot of neuroses that, like. Yes. Yeah. But both of them do. Yeah. Like, they seem like both incredibly neurotic people. So it's odd to me that there's not more to do with her. I also like that this is very. This feels against type for Henry Winkler. Like he tends to play very like self assured characters. I mean, he played Fonzie for crying out loud. Yeah, <laughs> the 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 most self assured character in history. Well, you even know? when he's not like necessarily, I would like Doctor Saperstein in Parks and Rec. I wouldn't like describe as yeah. self assured, but like he doesn't really play the mousy Rick Moranis type. Right. I mean, modern Winkler sort of has like this like now. Oh, grandpa- I, now I wish there was like a. Uh, a screen test of, of Rick Moranis for this role. <laughs> I don't think that Rick would pull off the turn that he does in the right I'd like way. to see it, though. I'd like to see him try. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Henry Winkler is very good on Barry, and he's- I've heard. Um, yeah, really, really- That show is great in general. Uh, it's highly worth your time. Uh, but the, the character he plays on Barry is- like isn't Darcy Carden on asshole. that or am I thinking of someone else? She is. Yep. Nope. Darcy Carden's on it as well. Um, he plays a guy who was like such a dick through the years of Hollywood that the only thing he can do now is teach mm-hmm. acting. And then like at you more and more shading gets filled in over the, you know, multiple seasons. But it's like at one point a casting director is like, you're the only person I've ever seen who had multiple photos of like absolutely under no circumstances. Will you audition this man? Because <laughs> he was just like a egomaniacal asshole. Um, and so it's it's fun. He, he very clearly like knows he's got this sort of beloved Hollywood grandpa energy. And it's cool to see him like purposely push against it. Same same thing with the Dr. Sapper scene on Parks and Rec yeah. where it's like he see, he seems like it's oh It's Henry Winkler. And everybody knows it's who that girl. is. He's sweet. Yeah. And then he's like a huge prick to Tom. Mm-hmm. Like he just straight up steals his business because he wants to. And there's, there's no reason to. He's very successful. Well, and very first wealthy. he thought he's first like, he thought it was for his children. First, he was defending yes, his children, yeah, and then he was like, "Now yeah, I just want yeah. it." Yeah, yeah. So I just like I I enjoy that Henry Winkler has like he everyone. I think generally most people think of Henry Winkler as like a kindly grandfather type. If you if you were to ask them, and so I think he purposely chooses roles where he gets to push against that, which I think is very entertaining. Yeah, well, and apparently in IRL, he's actually that like grandfatherly kind figure because he, to yeah. hear um, who's the guy who created Barry. Bill Hader. To hear Bill Hader talk about him at like in, in, in interviews and talk shows, he's like, yeah, he's like, are you sure you want me to say this? Are you sure? Are you sure this is the line? <laughs> yeah, I I, I, mean, I I really do think that like you hardly hear anybody say anything bad. About, I mean, I'm, I'm sure somebody doesn't like him, but like you really don't hear much bad about him. He seems like a nice person to work with. And for someone who is television royalty, right? Like, yeah. I don't even know if I've ever seen a full episode of happy days, but like, I know who Fonzie is. Everybody does. Yeah. Uh, and maybe younger people don't, but you know, he could be a huge prick and he isn't. So that's a good thing. I do love like one of my favorite bits in the movie, honestly, is this little dumb gag where he gets to his office and he like throws all the trash away. The schmuck, uh, nephew, nephew is like just watching Flintstones. Yeah. But he, 
opens his locker, turns on a light bulb inside it, and pulls out like a full size, like I don't giant know, giant potted plant, this, like fifty pounds. It looks like it weighs, and he just like puts it up on the thing. It's this huge fern, like giant leaves, like a beautiful plant. But it's hilarious that he's like, "Well, I'm keeping this in my locker." Yeah, I don't trust anyone here. So Keaton shows up at this point, and I I gotta say. I like Michael Keaton a lot. I was really excited to Michael Keaton in this movie. I feel like he's doing Bill Murray here. Really? Yeah. This feels like totally like Venkman or, you know. Uh, I guess like, I can see that. Maybe because I don't super care for Bill Murray. You hate. Yeah. Yeah. You don't like Bill Murray. I was probably like I, not. I, I, was, I didn't make that connection because I didn't hate this. Yeah. Yeah. It felt to me. I don't hate it. I, I don't hate it either. But I'm like, this is you doing someone else's thing. And I would rather see Michael Keaton do Michael Keaton. See, to me, I thought proto Beetlejuice. I was like, this feels like you sort of figuring your way out, like all the things, all of your tricks. Yeah. When you said that up top, I really, that really landed for me. And, and the thing you said earlier about the fact that it feels like Keaton is in a different movie is so true. Yeah. And I, I think viewed through that lens, I appreciate it a little more, but the whole time I'm watching it, like the whole bit with the limo that we'll get to in a second here, just felt like a Bill Murray bit. Like that feels like the opening of stripes. I can see it. Now that you say it, I do. I, I can see that. And so I, the whole time was just like, man, like there's a few parts where you see different glimpses, like in particular, the, and I, we'll save it for later, but the prostitution on the board, uh, which yes. is my favorite. Which I'm like, I, be- I want to know if he like improvised that. It sure feels like it. And when Keaton is on his comedy best, everything feels like so in the moment and fast and, and yeah. um, improvised. Yeah. So anyway, he shows up and uh, it's a totally insane character. It's like so much bigger than anything else in the movie by a major, major factor. Um, he's like bopping around. It's almost like Kramer-ish. Yes. Like late Seinfeld Kramer. Not not early seasons, but like toward the end where it was like he'd open the door and there was like a 40 second applause break. Um, so Winkler's showing so- him around the, the, the morgue, uh, getting the lay of the land. Uh, and then we. this is where we... Then we cut to him and his fiance. We mentioned all of her, like, go check the apartment, blah, blah, blah. The other yeah. thing that makes them psychopaths, they change sides of the bed. Yeah. I, I was I, like, who are you? <laughs> we we recently moved and, you know, we've had established sides of the bed for some time. And my, and my wife was like, well, you can sleep on that side. And I was like, <gasps> okay, I guess we can do that. <laughs> it's like, I've been on the same side of the bed for like four 15 years like i i was never a middle bed guy when i was alone i had a i had a side i enjoy a middle and but so, inadvertently realized that my tv is i must have placed my tv so that i can see it <laughs> better because in the middle i'm like oh it's slightly to the side okay <laughs> yeah we had when I, I i lived alone and my bed was in the corner and so there was only one nightstand and so that's yeah, where yeah, i slept yeah. and then when my boyfriend moved in yeah. with me during covid because we thought it was only going to be like a few weeks and i was like yeah you can move yeah. in he, i was like sure you can have the side of the bed for the, for a few weeks whatever yeah yeah and that turned into now that became my side of the bed and i was like i don't have a nightstand and i want i, I like the right <laughs> and i prefer the right side of the bed so it's a double fold so when we moved last year i was like yeah no i'm taking the right side of the bed back <laughs> now that i think of it i have been the same side of the bed since childhood basically always since facing I was the bed you're look your left yeah always yeah anyway that's where i like uh, so i I was like, yeah, I'll switch. Sure. No problem. Um, we ended up putting the bed in a different spot. So I did not have to switch sides of the bed for those who need to know the conclusion there. Um, oh, he also so offers, um, but right before they, we switch, we cut over to the, the psychopath who switched sides of the bed. Comment 
tag tweet us whatever if you do switch side like if you don't have a preference like if you're actually a yeah, psychopath it did like seem... that <laughs> you probably need to not call the people who do psychopaths as a preamble in order to get them to participate but i call I them like i see them buddy <laughs> um uh keaton offers henry winkler a snickers and the way he said like the candy i was like i wish he did zagna because that's what he does in beetlejuice yeah yeah it's sort of like the same uh, cadence he also says they're not frozen my fridge is broken and i was like what is like some people do what? put i think i think people put snickers in the freezer which is why snickers came out with snickers ice cream i i think you're right but the last time i did that i like almost broke a tooth <laughs> Like a, 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 a three musketeers in the freezer, very solid. But when you freeze a Snickers, it becomes like a solid. I would think the caramel would do caramel. that. Yeah, yeah so the it's only, a very unpleasant. The only thing I keep in the freezer that no, is weird like that, I, which isn't even like Snickers aren't weird. What I do is genuinely weird. I know I put uh, crunchy Cheetos in the freezer. Yeah, that's a very. I mean, I get that you've talked about before of like the sense memory. Of yeah, it's because they're better. I, I genuinely think that cheese is better cold. That fake cheese flavor is better cold. But it's yeah. the because of the the ice pack. Those mini Reese's cups I have blathered on and on about from Aldi are better in the. Fridge. I've done. You get a little snap to them. You said fridge or freezer. I've done both, but I the fridge I you get the crunch and it doesn't freeze the peanut butter, which I prefer. okay. I've done the freezer because I know Wawa will Wawa sells like Reese's cups. There's like the suction cup thing in the freezer section. Yes, which is cool. Yeah, I think they're better a little firmer personally. Anyway. Uh, so we're back at the apartment. That's been the candy interlude of this episode. Uh, so we find out that Shelly Long lives next door. She's um, sleeping with a hot cowboy. Yeah. Yeah. He, this dude looks like a pro wrestler. I don't, I did, I did not get any evidence that he was, but th- he seems like a wrestler from the eighties, like body type. Oh yeah. He's standing there in his underwear. He could fold you know, me he like a lawn chair. <laughs> but like, couldn't you see this guy as like the jobber that Randy Savage beats in three minutes? Oh yeah. You know? Or he, he could have been the cowboy. Like, that could have been yeah, his shtick. He's Tex Anderson. He comes out with this bullwhip and stuff, and then Randy Savage, like, pile drives him and hits him with the elbow in, th- in three moves, and it's like, all right, good night. Yeah. Uh, definitely the the type for that. But, yeah, so Shelly, Shelly's there, and, we, you know, we get introduced to her. I feel like we've told this anecdote before uh, regarding Shelly Long. I'm, I'm certain we have. Oh, the pool? I don't have that many stories. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, that she famously, like, or she, the, the, one of the last things she did on Cheers was jumping into this pool and it was very, very cold according to her. And she, she wouldn't do this stunch. They had to like drain this millions of gallons of water on the, on the lot in Paramount lot. And, uh, I was looking it up because I was like, is this one of those things where it was just like, uh, everybody like didn't like her. And so that was the excuse. And then I went and found it. And even Shelly Long has been like, yeah, nobody liked me because I was like a huge nightmare to work with. Even um, she says it? she, yeah, she was like, she was like, I really found the stress of carrying the narrative on Cheers so much, like to be weightful. And so, like at lunchtime, I would go lay down and me- or meditate in my trailer instead of eating lunch with everybody. And so, I sure everybody thought I was a dick because I just like didn't spend time with them in the off times. And it was just like, yeah, I would probably feel that way. Yeah. Like if it was like, oh, this person never but- wants to spend time with us except at work. Also, I feel like. like my job i'm on the phones all like i take 80 to 100 calls a day like so on my Mm -hmm. lunch break i like to not talk at all to anyone at all like my boyfriend will try and talk to me sometimes when we're both home and i'm like you have seven minutes of my 45 minute lunch break to talk to me (laughs) and and let me respond and then i'm that's that's all you're getting buddy so like i'm surprised more actors aren't like we're 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 on and we're energy and we're talking and at lunch i don't want to do that i just want to eat my sandwich 
but you were a theater kid. Like, I think most of them are theater kids. Like, like there's like a real silly play energy to a lot of folks in, in that world. Yeah. No, like, I mean, that was my experience doing improv, which is a lot of theater kids. Yeah, for sure. I just, I'm surprised that there aren't more people that are like, Hey, I, I need to, <laughs> I need to not engage for the 45 minutes that we don't have to, so that I can do yeah. it well when the cameras are yeah. rolling. I'm sure like the bigger stars don't will often not do will you know not want to hang around which like I totally understand like if you were to tell me like oh Ted Danson never hung around with anybody on the good place I'm sure he did because that's sort of the the vibe he is but it's like yeah he's the big star and he wanted to go lay down and take a nap he's an old guy you know like I totally get why you would want it I'm, I have no idea yeah. I'm not I'm making this story up I just picked Ted Danson because we're talking about Cheers um like I totally get, I totally get what you're saying but I just feel like if you do that, you have to go to lunch like once a week and then yeah. like, no, I'm just shocked like, that there oh. aren't more stories of people who are like, in it, not that so that it would become not a bitch thing and be like, Hey, they're just yeah. one of those people that like needs to recharge yeah. on lunch so that they're good to go. I just, I, I think you can do that if like on Friday, you don't do that. Fair. You know what I mean? Like you put a little bit of effort in and it's like, it's just part of, you know, human, whatever is like, you're going to make snap judgments about people. It's like, yeah, well, if she, if she didn't, if she, if it's like every Friday you're here for lunch and the other days you're like, yeah, I just like to meditate, you know, we're going into Friday. It's what, whatever, you know, I could see, I could see that going over, but she, even she was like, yeah, no, I, I didn't hang out with anybody socially at, at during the workday. So they probably all thought I was a dick. <laughs> I just thought it was very interesting to see. I never, I never knew that she it. also said that. Yeah, because apparently Henry Winkler uh, said that she was the most difficult person he's ever worked with. Yeah, no, I think she probably is like one of those people who is like takes the work more seriously than others do. And that causes problems. I'm yeah. sure. I mean, I'm sure of this. she could be that pendulum is either Shelley Long or Jared Leto. And I would much rather hear about Shelley Long being kind of difficult than yeah. I sent used condoms and dead rats to people. Right, right, right. One of those things is a criminal act to me. The other one is just like, you know, everybody works with somebody they don't like that much. Yeah. Pretty much true of every job. Also, uh, his, so his fiance anyway. doesn't live with him, which I think is, is that weird yeah, well, for it was the 80s, now, maybe. not for that? It was not, it was not weird then. Yeah, no. It's the 80s, baby. You couldn't live together. That was a sin in the eyes of God. But like, how do you know you are compatible to live, like, to marry someone is You're to just, live with someone forever. You're just going to like... Drive, stop, you're gonna buy the car without test driving it first. Why? Why do you think the divorce rate was so high, baby? We just winged it. Ugh, God. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, it, it, it's like it's one of those things that I remember. Uh, our mom, even like as this this changed culturally, being like, "Oh, they moved in together before they're married," and I remember being like, "Yeah, why wouldn't you?" That seems like a completely logical move. And it's I don't just remember like, that. That not, sort of. I don't remember when that shift happened. Yeah. That definitely happened more recently than you think that people would like actually move into. I'm sure it happened in the 80s, but like it was uncommon yeah. for people to be fully living together. Um, So the part of the movie that I truly like could not get over. So Winkler goes into the office and he's there with Keaton and he gets his lunch out and he's like, "Ugh, I ordered egg salad and they gave me tuna fish. And Keaton correctly is like, well, go get a different sandwich. And he's like, no, no, I mean, there's, you, know, you can't do that. The, I will say it, in Winkler's defense here, it is delivery in 1980. So it's not like DoorDash or Grubhub where you can go on an app and be like, they fucked it up. Give me a credit or a new sandwich. I I had picked up the goddamn phone and been like, you delivered me the wrong sandwich. I want the sandwich that I ordered. Yeah, but if I'm hungry, there's probably like, 
I had a really bad like few deliveries with DoorDash for some reason. Like in a row, they like consistently like forgot something or something was just completely wrong or whatever. And I was like, I, it's too late in the day and I am too exhausted and like mentally broken that I was going to eat the thing that I didn't order because I, can't, I don't feel like waiting another 30 minutes for the, uh, the real one to come. I can see doing that on a one-off. Winkler says he does it every night. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. That he gets lunch from this, gets his dinner from this place every night and eats the wrong sandwich every single night. That it's never correct. It's got the wrong bread. It's got mustard on it. It's got the wrong condiment. It's fully his fault at this point. Yeah. And I'm like, one, order from a different place. You're in New York City. Certainly there is another option. There's delis everywhere, buddy. Or two, just check. Like, I'm ordering this. And if it's wrong, I'm going to send it back. Like, just say that. Yeah. Drives me crazy because like I was recently listening to a thing where and look, I have a lot of respect for the people who do jobs that suck like door dashing and all those things like it's awful work conditions. It's really shitty. But they were talking about how like, oh, like you shouldn't report that stuff if you get the wrong food because like it reflects poorly on your driver. And I'm like, well, was it that the driver made a mistake or did the restaurant make a mistake? Certainly this is like so a thing that can be identified, you know, like if it's the restaurant's problem, it should be identified as the restaurant. And if it's like Derek picked up the wrong bag of food. Well, I've had it be both, which is why they always ask you what happened. Yeah. So like, because I once we ordered from a pizza place that we'd love, always get from there. We normally don't do the DoorDash, but I was like, I'll just, I don't feel like dealing with it. I'm just new DoorDash. And he delivered, we got like a small pizza and something else, whatever. And he delivered our food and then someone else's pizza and their name was oh. on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so like, clearly he had, and like their receipt yeah. was attached and they had also ordered they ordered the same pizza we did plus the one we got. So we didn't even get yeah. the pizza we wanted. I was just like, this is a regular pepperoni oh, and not yeah. the like sp- special specific pickle pizza that this restaurant makes that I don't, I can't get everywhere. <laughs> I go, I was mad. Yeah. I just, I was just like flabbergasted listening to this is like, Oh, like if you don't get your drink, don't say anything. And it's like, I don't want the guy to necessarily go deliver me a Coke, but I also don't want to pay $3 for something that I didn't yeah. receive. What are we talking about here? Yeah, so, I mean, like anyway. it's. I feel like also delivery in restaurant feels very different. Like in a restaurant, yeah. I generally, unless it's like wrong, like incorrect, I'm like, I can, I can eat, I can probably eat whatever's was coming. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's like that's the thing. Later in the movie, Winkler like goes to the deli, gets the sandwich, and it's wrong, and he's still in the yeah, deli. That and Keaton's like, just fixed. go back up. I'm like. <sighs> just turn around to the counter and be like, this was supposed to be wheat bread. I don't want to eat white bread or whatever the hell it is, yeah. you know? Like, Jesus, man. It's making me scream at the television. Uh, on a more positive note, Clint Howard! Clint Howard, baby! <laughs> um, He rents a limo from Keaton, which is his side hustle <laughs> out of the job that he has. I'm a little confused. So, is it is a hearse only for funerals or is a hearse for morgues, too? Is it the same word for both? I believe it's the same vehicle, yes. I don't know why this hearse has a backseat. I thought those were just <laughs> flat. Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't make any sense for the morgue to have a limo. It makes sense for a funeral home to have a limo because yeah. it's like, you know, you take the family transporting and stuff. That all makes sense to me. I don't get why the morgue would have a limo. So it's got to be the hearse because it has like city corner on the side. It, yeah, that's the thing. So when you, because didn't so, you at once pick up a body or like you were with someone who picked up I a body? D- I, 
Yes, I in high school I had a friend whose father owned a funeral home. His family owned, owned a funeral. They home. owned like the funeral home for the. <laughs> For yeah, the, for yeah, the they, town they, basically. Yeah, I mean, there were others, but theirs was the one that was like the most reputable and stuff. And he, my buddy, came, got off his, you know, work. Um, Mick, we, I think he worked at the grocery store where I worked as well. So he got off that job, and he was like, text because it was right by our house. He texted me, and I he came and hang out, and we were hanging out. And then, like, in thirty minutes after he got there, his dad called him and was like, "I need you to go do a pickup." And I was like, oh, "I'm not doing anything. Can I come?" And he was like really? And I was like, I don't know. It might be interesting. And he was like, okay, uh, sure. Like that's, and he called his dad and he's like, yeah, if he puts a suit on income. So I had a yeah, suit. I it's not like you're like squeezing the body. <laughs> you're just like, I want to be there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a weird, I mean, it is every time I tell this story, people are like, people are so afraid of death. Like people were very horrified, but I was like, I asked what the situation would be. And it was like, she was at a nursing home. So it's going to be like a body bag. And like, I never saw the woman. I, I, yeah. I, well, plus you know, it's helpful to, I guess it's helpful to have another set of hands to carry, right? Yeah. Well, we, we use a gurney. First, I slider, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, but you know, people are always, people are probably weirded out listening to this story, but yeah. So we went to the, we went and they, they just used a Chevy Suburban. Oh, really? With like, no, the seats taken out in the back. Were they taken, so they, they were like, taken out or they folded down? I think they were like out. Like you remember we had the van, you could take the seat mm-hmm. out, out of the van. Um, so I think it was like that. Okay. It was completely flat back there. And so like we, there was a gurney, like a, you know, thing. And we went to the place and we pulled the gurney out and got the body in the body bag and put it on the gurney and wheeled it to the car and then brought it inside and whatever. But I like, I never saw the, I never saw the body or anything. It was yeah. just like, it, it might as well have been a bag of laundry. Like I'm not trying to be disrespectful to this person, but it just like, it, you know, it just wasn't a human. It was just it a black bag. Conceptually a human. A, a, yeah. You can't see through a black yeah. bag. Right, exactly. Like a very thick uh, bag. Um, but yeah, I remember thinking of like, I thought this would be like a super weird thing, like kind of in like, a, ooh, like, you know, I've, I've always said I wanted to be a writer. And it's like, maybe I'll put this in a book one day. And it was just like, this is not that interesting. <laughs> like it's, it is interesting because other people haven't done it, but it is not like worthy. It's not a tale worth telling. So yeah, to speak. Like other than, yeah. Other than if the question ever comes up is like, what's the weirdest way you've made 40 bucks? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot you got paid. Well, I didn't ex- I didn't ask to be paid or expect to be paid. I was just like, oh, I'm bored. And I like this is something to do on a Friday night <laughs> because I'm a dork who lives in a relatively small town. Uh, so, you know, I did it. I and then like, a couple of days. Yeah. Well, no, uh, that it was formal. Like his he at, at school on Monday, he handed me an envelope with like a check from the funeral. Oh, it was like it's like, thank you. It might have been 60 bucks. I honestly don't even remember. But it was like. Like he paid me decently for a few hours, like an hour and a half's worth of work. Hmm. Yeah, um, but I was like shocked by it. it. Was yeah, it was like here's a check from the funeral home. It was like you know, pickup or something was on. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I we did not use a, a hearse, but I like I've seen a hearse, and the only thing I can think is like hearses generally look like limos, except for the shape of them. Like in terms yeah. of styling. Um, I mean, modern limos are now SUVs, but I feel like back in the day, limos were like long Cadillac looking cars. I think so. I would say that. Um, And so hearses are often, were often the same styling of like, you know, the cloth roof and the chrome accents and stuff like that. Yeah. So like I could, I could see it working if, if it was. It's just the seats. That was my main question. Like stylistically, whatever. You, he puts a little magnet decal over the county corner sign yeah. like, more whatever. The, the, the top hat over the siren is really the the, ki- the king of Well, I was like, I'm like, what emergency do you need a siren? Yes. Like, 
You're the morgue. You're not the yeah. police. You're the morgue. Right. Like theoretically, you don't. Sense. Your dead body is already dead. Like there's no. Yeah. Bringing it back. <laughs> the coroner never needs to rush. No. 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 There's no, no, no. never a time the coroner needs to rush the job. Uh, speaking of coroner movies, have you ever seen the autopsy of Jane Doe? Uh, I've not. I've heard really good things. Gotta put that on your list for this Halloween. Super I think, good. I think my boyfriend likes it. It's awesome really really good movie really tense and scary and like genuinely like you know heart racing scary uh tension type stuff really really good highly highly recommend as i always think about the uh that for the haunting of hill house when they had the whole funeral um like sequence right, right. where they're preparing the kid, kid for body for behind right hmm? the kid gets left behind right are you thinking are you talking about a different part no i was talking about the when um they when the older sister prepares nell Spoiler alert! Oh. Spoiler alert for Oops. you can bleep out bleep out that sec the name I said. I'm, I'm not I'm not gonna do that. It's it's four years old. It's fine. If anybody gets mad, you had four years. I'm sorry. And it's very good. And we've, we've gushed about that on this show before. The statute of limitations is over. I'm sorry. Um. Anyway, so Winkler heads home after this whole limo shenanigans and he sees Shelly or this guy like almost knocks him over getting out of the building and then he sees Shelly oh I didn't process that that was supposed to be her attacker yeah that makes sense yeah 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 and so she's all beat up and the bloody nose and stuff and she's like oh I have a tissue in my purse and meanwhile the elevator is moving and so Winkler is digging through her purse when the elevator dings open and there's this little girl scout there and she's like mugger and she blows a whistle and her whole girl scout troop pulls out of this apartment and they all start wailing on winkler with apparently shannon uh, doherty is girl one scout of these cookies. girls no way that's funny yeah and kevin costner is a frat boy in this movie really mm-hmm. wow i feel like i would have recognized him he must be like in the back no apparently when um he's got a sweater around his shoulders and a, and a checkered shirt when um keaton's doing the like beer bottle thing oh the conga line bit I don't know if it's a conga. He's just like balancing a beer bottle on his head. Like, oh, look how long they're I can like, do it. They're like, they're like marching behind him, though. Oh, I didn't I know, notice that, but. Okay. Um, so the, you know, the girls wail on him with the cookies. And then we cut to um, the classic movie prop, the blue bag for the ice cubes with like the thing on top. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever told this story before. I hope it's a fresh one because I don't have that many fresh ones. But I went to somebody's house once and someone had twisted an ankle and they were like, oh, give them the nice packets in the thing. And I was pulling the drawer open and finding that blue bag in the thing was like one of the more delightful things that I can remember of like, what? You can like, I've never seen one in real life. And I was like, you know, in my late 20s. And it was like, oh, my God, they're real. <laughs> like, I was like, the they, look, they look really, they don't look like how you would expect when they're not filled. No, it's very no, weird. It's looking. like a weird deflated balloon thing. Yeah. The other thing in the, in the same vein is the hot water bottles. Yes. Yeah. Never I, seen one. in real I, life. I have because we use them in our bloody shows. I was I was oh, the pregnant like woman and gave blood? birth and so it was full of oh. blood that I sh- sprayed and the best part was that we put it in the we kept it in the freezer so it was nice and cold on me because that room <laughs> got hot and then I got to spray everyone yeah. with cold water <laughs> Yeah the idea that like the house would be so cold that you would take boiling water and just like put it between the sheets to warm the bed up is just bonkers to me like what a wild world yeah, well, I'm my ex, my college boyfriend did that with uh, just a regular like Nalgene bottle. He was like, if mm. you just put hot, hot, hot water in there, it'll warm up. He's like, it's a camping trick. 
because I was always cold because I guess the heat was weird in his place or whatever. Yeah. And he yeah. was like, here, just put hot water in here and it'll warm up the bed. And I was like, what yeah. is this? <laughs> yeah, it just seems very bizarre. I mean, obviously it works, but I've never encountered the hot water bottle in the wild. Yeah. Um. So he's he's got it on his head. You know, he's, he got wailed on. And then he like goes to leave and she's like, is your head OK? And I'm like, he got hit with a box of cookies. Like, he's fine. Yeah. He's more embarrassed than anything else that he got beat up by a bunch of children. Uh, they're also they also talk about how um, uh, sex workers without a pimp are, you know, at mm. higher risk or whatever. Yeah. And I was as she was talking, I was like, now I just like I want a movie set in this era where like a bunch of badass ladies band together and become their own pimp. And it's sort of like the deadly viper assassin squad (laughs) vibes. So so you want this exact movie, but without the two men in the movie? I mean, kind of. (laughs) You just you just want the League of Their Own version of this. I mean, kind of. Yeah, but more than like because then they can like. Oh, it, it, they respect a man, so we'll be like, "Oh, he's leaving," and it can be like one of them in like the Ninja Turtle incognito outfit, so like no one notices it's not a dude. <laughs> one of them in a trench coat with a fedora pulled down low. Yeah, and like hairs tucked up into the fedora, so they can just, like, down the end of the hallway. Be like, "Oh, that he's leaving, but he's always watching," and then secretly they're all like badass, like assassins, <laughs> not assassins, I guess, <laughs> fighters. You're you're kind of describing the movie Hustlers, except in addition to being sex workers, they're also running a criminal theft ring. Yeah, I mean I, that's they can do the theft ring too if they want here in my movie. Well, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, Hustlers is basically the movie you want to see. Yeah, it's been on my list. I think that's what the title is. Yeah, Along Hustlers with J Lo. Yeah. Oh, we also missed the moment when, um, right before he sees Shelley Long, he's like he comes in after Leonard, the the nephew, has been like a like a, a slobby dick. And then snaps at Keaton. And I was like, that's not Keaton's fault that the guy is an asshole. And he said, yeah. And Keaton gives his like, all, like very like great nuanced moment where he's like, I thought we were friends, man. And it's like kind of heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, I, I, I like as much as I felt like he was doing somebody else's shit, like he's good. He's always good. Yeah. I've never seen a bad Keaton. I mean, I'm sure it exists. I, that that Jack Frost movie is probably terrible. Oh yeah, <laughs> you're very right. I'm sure. I don't know. I don't know how committed Keaton is to playing a snowman. I'm, I'm guessing both of them awful. are on the same level. Yeah, uh, but there is another great. Winkler gets a lot of great bits of business in this. Uh, we talked about the plant earlier, but I love this one on the subway where he's sitting there. Keaton gets off the subway. This guy with a saxophone comes right up to him. And so he's like, all right, here's some change. And then the guy proceeds to play harder. And so he gets out his check. Apparently that was Ron Howard, according to IMDb. Oh, in the sax? Yeah. Get up? I did not recognize him. He had him. two cameos. This one and make the people making out against the building was him and his wife. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's both of those are good. That's I get, You got to get yourself in there if you're a director. I get that. Yeah. Oh, this is Keaton. Also, this is where he suggests that they become the pimp. Or what he's got? Yes. Love manager? Yes, love manager. or love broker, and love I, broker. I I just feel like they don't do enough. Like I, at this, I, so it's like th- we're about 35, 40 minutes in this movie, which is like an hour and forty five ish, give or take. Yeah. And I, I I remember hitting the button, like the pause button, and being like, "This movie still doesn't have a conflict." How far into this are we? And I was like, thirty five minutes. Good lord! Like there's still no movie happening yet. It's just like scenes so far, you know. And so I I really wanted like more henry winkler is just like so put upon and so miserable like i he he doesn't seem unhappy he just seems to be floating you know what yeah I mean? he seems like a ship adrift 
Yeah, but 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 I feel like this is such a drastic move that he should be more like he should be more unhappy in his life. Yeah, like I assume he's unhappy with his fiance, but he he doesn't yeah. say it. He doesn't and it, right. not that you have to like the character have to like state everything, but like it doesn't his actions don't feel like I'm unhappy. They feel like, well, you know, like like, for example, with the with the fiance, like they're about to have sex and then the music comes on and she won't have sex anymore. And then she's like put on all her clothes and she's leaving and like, give me like a sad, annoyed Winkler, like sitting down on the couch and angrily opening a magazine or clicking, like giving him like pointing the TV on angrily, you know, and mm-hmm. just like miserable, like uh, show me that he's miserable. Yeah, because I get it, but I don't it's not really conveyed. Um, so <laughs> this, this leads to, uh, that she, they keep having a scene where Shelly and Henry Winkler are coming home at the same time. Cause she obviously sleeps over at her client's house and, uh, or hotel room or whatever. And he's coming back for the night shift. And so they keep running into each other and she's like, Oh, let's have breakfast. And he's like, okay. And so she's going to make eggs in the kitchen. And then she's like, uh, I'm going to get comfortable. And she's just standing in the kitchen in her underwear. And I was like, okay, you know, this man has a fiance. This is wildly inappropriate behavior. Yeah. Cause she's like trying to open the window and it's painted shut and there's no air yeah. in there. And it's like, well, I mean, I, I get, I had a small ass kitchen too, but like, yeah, yeah, it's a little forward to be like, I'm gonna pop my shirt off while I make breakfast. Is that cool? Person who I barely know their first name. Yeah, because she's in. They're like, um, it's not like it's a thong underwear, but it, no. it's not like she's in like boy shorts. She's in, you know, like regular ass underwear, but she's still in her underwear. And it's like, you know, you've seen his fiance. Uh, great eggs though. Yeah, Henry Winkler wants scrambled. They're good looking, scrambled. nice and fluffy looking. And and Shelly has some nice sunny side uppers. Really well, well cooked eggs in this movie. Oh, yeah. oh, cause she says all men love scrambled. And I was like, I don't know who you're not. Incorrect. I don't know who you've met very <laughs> long. <laughs> yeah. If, if, if I'm like, if someone is making eggs for a group, of course I'm like, yeah, scrambled eggs. Scram- yeah, scram- like, the, in that setting. Yes. It is the easiest <laughs> yeah. thing to do. But if it's, if it's like, Hey, I'm going to make you two eggs. I'm like, well, can you make them bad boys you know, over easy for me? Cause like, that's my preferred way to eat an egg. Yeah. I want to dip. I want the yeah. egg. I want the yolk run. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> he also, when she's in her underwear, wipes his face with a slice of bread, which is just like, a re- it feels very improv. I don't know if it was or not, but it's really good. Yeah. Uh, and then we see him at the barber and his, he's, he's very clearly trying to be like, this isn't right to his barber. And his barber's like, no, yes. you like it. It's good. And then Keaton shows up and he like is advocating for him. He's like, your, his, your, his sideburns are all off. You got to fix this. And what's, what's wrong? What's going on here? Fix all this. Yeah. I will say it is hard to be assertive at the hairdresser. And I have had to like, I've, I've had like, "Ah, I don't love this, but it's fine. I'm just going to deal with it. But I recently had this nightmare situation and it happened to me twice where I like described what I wanted and showed them pictures on my phone of like how my hair looks of my own, Mm -hmm. of the pictures of me, not like, Oh, this is a famous person. Give me this look. It's like, this is a picture of my head. Like I know my hair can do this and it's about this long on the sides and about this long on top. Like, okay, okay. And they do the cut, and I looked like fucking Prince Valiant. Like I had <gasps> this bowl cut looking thing, and you were I will like from Stranger Things. Oh, it was it was straight up a will haircut, and so it was like like the top was about the same as as you've ever seen it, but the the sides were like really long and floofy. And I like I got in the car and I looked in the mirror and I was like, oh, I can't. I can't walk around like this. And I'm like texting pictures to my wife and to friends of mine. I'm like, this looks awful, right? Like this is not just me. Like 
like being in my head and they're like, no, you look terrible. Go get that fixed. And so I walked back in and I was just like, hey, this is a disaster. <laughs> like this needs to be fixed, please. And then luckily um, the person, another person was like, ah, come here. And they just like two seconds, fix it. And then was this like a same thing happened to me again. kind of place? Or a- yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and then the same thing happened to me again. And it was like way too long. I was like, this needs to be, I hadn't even gotten out, out of the chair. I was like, you got to make that shorter. That's, I don't know what this is, but it ain't it. <laughs> I look like Prince Valiant. No, thank you. <sighs> I mean, I haven't had a haircut in like over a year at this point. Right. <laughs> well, you got the you're going for the Kurt Russell look at this yeah, point. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm I am go, our, my boyfriend and I go to the same or I haven't in a while, but go to the same barber and he was like, "Would you schedule He told Jack, my boy, he told Jack. He was like, "Would you schedule an appointment on a Saturday and then just have Andrew come visit because I haven't seen him in a year." <laughs> so he scheduled his next haircut for a Saturday, so I'm going to go visit. That's nice. Um maybe I'll get my hair shampooed, I don't know. <laughs> So, uh, the fiance's family comes over. It's Thanksgiving. Henry Winkler's mother is there as well. Uh, there's a, a bottle of Crown Roos on the thing, which is a very cheap vodka, but oh, I was I've never even heard of that. So I hadn't either. I was unfamiliar with this brand, but I once had an old friend and they were, we were, we were drinking and they were talking about this Crown Roos. And I was like, do you mean Crown Royal? And they're like, no, no, Crown Roos. One time we put Skittles in it. They're telling the story. I'm like... I don't know what the hell you're talking about. I don't know what crown roost is. And they're like, it's vodka. And I'm like, it doesn't sound like vodka. Like, I, I don't know that one, whatever. And I did not believe them. And then later they were at a liquor store and they like texted me a picture. And it's just a different pop-off, which yeah. is our cheap vodka. I don't Did you also have pop-off? Yeah, oh, yeah. We had the pop-off. Okay. Okay. So pop-off was what I knew as the like, it costs $9 and it comes in a plastic jug and it smells like paint thinner. And it's you know, yeah. what you drink when you're 21. Well, that's what or 19. I, my, my, my best friend in the world, her father is a, is a, is a wealthy doctor. And we were going up to her Vermont house, a bunch of us. And then while we were at this little general store on the way, I was like, oh, we should have brought Bloody Mary stuff. Let's get Bloody Mary mix and vodka. And so yeah. we just grabbed whatever, like not even bottom shelf it was like floor vodka. Yeah. And as we're bringing it into the car, her dad sees it and he's like, are you serious? And then he looked at my best friend. He was like, are you going to be drinking this? And she was like, I don't, I don't know. And he was like, just, and he was, she was like, I probably will. And he was like, the drunks I take care of at work drink better liquor than this. And he went back inside <laughs> and bought us better vodka. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not good. It's not, I mean, it's, it's, it's straight awful. Uh, but so the whole f- and the, the the parents uh, the the dad I recognized but did not look up but he he is a character actor who's played a lot of surly fathers in his career and uh, he's like we don't drink alcohol uh, know, it is weird energy. that he didn't know that about his fiance's parents like agree that's a big Agreed. thing and, and also I feel like there's an implication when it's like it, 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 I have had this annoy me when like. I'm like, oh, do you want anything to drink? And they're like, oh, I don't drink. I'm like, I have non-alcoholic things. Like, I have you water and me- soda in my fridge, buddy. Right, right. It's like, I have some juices even. Like, I would happily give you something to drink that wasn't alcohol. I'm not an idiot. <laughs> I got some ecto-cooler hiding somewhere. Right, right. Um, so they're ha- sitting down at Thanksgiving dinner. And uh, also- this is the point where I learned that uh, Shelley Long's character is... Belinda Keaton, which is a very bizarre thing. Oh, I didn't notice like, her last name was Keaton. Yes, yes. Sorry, you're about to say something. Um, okay, so we, his fiance, obviously, like we said, has a lot of neuroses, and we meet her parents, and they're clearly like the same person, like right, very neurotic, very straight laced, like no nonsense, stuffy, stuffy. And then we meet Michael Keaton, not Michael, uh, Henry Winkler's mom, and she's like very yeah. like she comes out and she's like, well, the turkey's almost dead, haha, <laughs> like. 
fun. And I was like, oh, that's yes. the, that. This is gonna be the joke that like, whatever. And then uh, Shelley Long calls Michael Keaton. I broke myself. I ruined myself. Yeah. Shelley yeah. Long calls uh, Henry Winkler and is like, hey, I got arrested. Everything I have was in my apartment. And uh, Alfred, Alfred, is that the I'm not the sure. pimp's name? He used to always take care of oh, all this. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and he so he's like, okay, I'll figure something out. I was like, you could have also called Keaton and been like, hey, buddy, you clearly don't have plans for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Can yeah. you go okay. do this for me? <laughs> Although that would have been really sad because it would have been like Michael Keaton alone eating a Swanson's TV dinner and <laughs> drinking three beers, thinking that Henry Winkler is inviting him over for Thanksgiving and then having to be like, oh, n- no, not that. Oh, uh, you're I have right. work for you to do. Like, it would have been so sad. <laughs> He's making a, a Thanksgiving drink with wild with uh, with cold turkey and yeah, and cranberry sauce. Wild, wild turkey, wild turkey, cold duck. That's the other one. That's <laughs> Cold cold turkey would be a weird thing to put on the al- al- name of alcohol because it's what you're doing when you're quitting doing. You're right. Something. I was thinking of cold duck. Um, yeah, but yeah, I just I just the, like my quick vision is like Keaton picking up the phone and being like, "Yo," and it's just the you see the steam coming off the tray in front of him. You see the turkey and the gravy and the mashed potatoes, and then you hear Henry Winkler, and he's like thrilled because it's like, oh. Oh, this is it. This is the invite. It's it's late, but this is the invite. Okay, we're really friends now. Um, so he goes to uh night to sex worker night court. Yes, which is yes. A, a show I would watch. Um, and the, <laughs> it would be a lot sadder than this. I know. And the entire family came for some reason. Yeah. Well, because they rented a car, you got to get use out of it. And so they. His fiance says to his mother, like, that's his neighbor, the whore. And she gives a look. And I was like, I thought I just, I thought the look was like, girl, calm down. Also, she's better than you. But I didn't. <laughs> I thought that I thought the mom was going to be that vibe. And then, yeah, super not that. Um, yeah. Well, because earlier we heard Henry Winkler say that the mom goes to see a medium or a psychic every Friday just so she can yell at her fa- his father's ghost. Oh, you're right. I totally forgot about that one. They set her up as like a nag. You're right. I forgot that. Um, so Shelley Long and her uh, client are in court and he's like, I. she's like, he tried to take money back. And he's like, she bit me and pulls down his, his butt, pulls down, pulls down his pants to show his butt with a bite mark on it. And I was like, yeah, if it don't, if it doesn't fit, you must quit. Prove that <laughs> so you need to sh- Shelly to get a little chomping. Prove that's her mouth. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Excuse me, miss. Could you please bite? The, can you, the... can we see your bite radius? Shelly Long. Can you, can you please bite the defendant? Or they bring her out an apple and they're like, can you bite this apple? And then they're holding the apple up next to his ass cheek That's, and like comparing notes. Frankly, I would, re- I Winkler, think that would seem would have been funnier. Henry Winkler gets called as an expert witness because they're like, we don't have anybody here who could determine bite radius. And she's like, he's a coroner. <laughs> and then he has to get up and like, he's like measuring it. See, the, actually, no, this should have, it should have been Michael Keaton came with him to court and he was yeah. the one who suggested, hey, this isn't fair. Prove it's her mouth. <laughs> and the guy's like, I'll hold you in contempt. But then suddenly it's like, now, wait a minute. That's actually He's got a good a idea. Fair point. <laughs> uh, and so we hand wave over what happens in court uh, to just cut right to some good old sex shaming because this is America. She, she, 
she gets bailed out is is the is the ultimate answer here. I don't know what what the you know clearly the charges are dismissed or something. Yeah, the whole drive home they're like, how can you live next to her? She's a she's a prostitute, and I was like, she's a a human being. Like, <laughs> also like, what is living next? Like, how is he in control of that? Like, he signed a lease. It's yeah. not like he can be like, well, this is worth throwing thousands of dollars away on because I don't like the job the person next to me has. Also, he has it like so. The mom's yelling at him on one side. The fiance's yelling on the other. The the in laws are or potential in laws are yelling at him from the front, and he has the exact same like tunnel vision sadness look that uh, Dustin Hoffman has at the end. <laughs> Did of the we just talk about this before? <laughs> I don't know if it was on the podcast or in real life, but yes, I did just make this joke. Um, I was like, okay, everyone, calm down. It's not like he's patronizing. Not that there's anything wrong with him patronizing a sex worker, but like I. Well, I would say he's engaged, wrong he with shouldn't, Henry. but yes. yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, I was like, I don't think there's wrong with a person who is not cheating on someone to visit a sex worker. I would say that Henry Winkler is in the wrong if he is yes. doing it because he's engaged. But like, uh, unless that's part of their agreement, you know, like that's that's not OK. But yeah, I, it's I mean, it's it's, it's 1982. What do you want? I know. <laughs> I just even now, it's still like, you know, totally well, now, ridiculous. with only fans being like. A, hu- a whole huge thing. I feel like it's a slightly different terrain. Yeah. I mean, it's it's certainly different, but I still think there's like, if you found out that someone was a sex worker, there people would be like, oh my God. Yeah. Or that they used to be one that could be like very damning to a person's reputation, I feel. Yeah. So Henry Winkler goes right to uh, Michael Keaton's house or apartment and is like, we should, we should be, you know, be morgue pimps. Yeah, this is this this sequence where like Keaton is like hell yeah he's so excited is Keaton's best work in the whole movie and like I said I, I he's generally good but this part with the chalkboard and he's like there's a room full of of sex workers and he writes prostitution on the board and he starts doing like word diagramming like etymology like, that he's making yes. up yes yeah he's like prose okay we don't need that he just crosses it out and then it's like t i t we all know what that is. U-T, that's two backwards, two tits, and then shun, we don't want to do any shunning, so let's throw that part out too. And it's just so, it's such a good bit of performance. It's like everyone in the room really helps sell it too. It's just great. And it's it, very, very it's good. even better because Keaton is playing it like he's delivering the speech from Miracle. Like that is the exact <laughs> energy he's giving. He's like diagramming the play that's going to win the game. He's like... This is our, I don't even know. I literally couldn't name you like three consecutive words from that stupid speech. <laughs> I, like, I was, my brain always wants to go to the Goonies. This is our time down here. <laughs> Forgive me for not knowing the Miracle speech. I mean, I like Miracle and I don't know it either. So it's Is fine. that Kurt Russell? Mm-hmm. I could, With the real bad Herb Brooks haircut. I couldn't remember if it was Kurt Russell or um, oh the other one. He was the, the, the president in Wally or... Fred Willard. I, oh no, no, no! It's a serious performance. It's, it's, it's. I know. I, but I thought maybe it was like Fred Willard doing a serious thing. No, no, no! It's Kurt. It's Kurt. It's. Um, I guess that it's a Disney movie. It, w- it would be Kurt Russell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's like delightful. He's like rambling on, making absolutely no sense. It's kind of like a TED talk now, where like. If you don't pay attention, it seems very profound, and then if you think too hard about like eighty percent of them, you're like, no, wait a minute. Yeah. What are you saying? Uh. So they end up basically like, uh, oh, that says, t- <laughs> my note says Winkler promises 
10x, but it looked like COX. And I'm like, what does Brian Cox have to do with this? Not in this movie. <laughs> I'm like trying to think. I'm like, is there a guy? Is there a person who looked like Brian Cox? Why did I write this down? Uh, no. So so Winkler is like, there's the women he gives are all a great to speech that like is a he, a great platform for sex work. He ignites a workers' revolution. Basically, he's yes. like, you you should own the means of production. <laughs> you are the means of production. Mm-hmm. He's like, we'll take ten percent to like facilitate everything, but everything else is yours. Yeah. Um, and you get a four hundred one k. You get del- he- yeah. dental. <laughs> well, there's a great montage where they like they start you know going through all this stuff, and then at one point he pulls out this piece of paper, and I don't know if you're familiar with these things. I had to go look it up. It's called a pens ion, I think. No, p e n s i o n. Apparently, it's this thing that companies did in like back in the historical times, where like workers would be set up for their retirement by the organization that they worked for that like the company would provide the money it's 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 a penzion pench maybe it's like a sh- oh you're doing maybe a fucking bit <laughs> I, it took me too long you know my brain is broken <laughs> you know my brain is broken right now that's not fair i was like he's he looks co- so confused <laughs> You know I'm broken. <laughs> it's like certainly he's picked up. Nope, nope I didn't. Nope. Okay, all right. Let me, let me move the shelf down a little lower. <laughs> a pension. Ah, uh, a pension plan. Yes. So what's do you? Could you give me the two sentence version of the difference between like your company contributing to your four hundred one k and a pension? A pension plan, genuine, generally, although some of them do, doesn't require employee input. Oh, so it's the 401k is you both. The pension is just the employer. Yes. Got it. Okay. A 401k is like sometimes you get a little supplement from the company in addition to mostly your own money. But this a pension plan was like the company invests money on your behalf and then pays you from it. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, not many of those left. No. And if you want mail every two hours, sign up for a 401k. <laughs> you try and do paperless and they're like, no, we're going to send you three letters to confirm that you wanted paperless. And it's like, please stop sending me letters. <laughs> Unless something happens to my money, please don't send me letters like that. My my favorite is uh, I just moved and did a change of address. So I, I went on the website and filled out a change of address. Oh, no. And then they sent a letter to both my old address and the new address confirming that I had changed my address. Do they like have extra stamps lying around? <laughs> I guess so. Like our, I think 401k companies are just what's going to keep the postal service in business forever. <laughs> um, also, this leads into a montage. And in this in his in Winkler's speech, he says, "You work hard for your money," and I was like, "Oh, great! This is a needle drop." Surely we're gonna get to the yeah, yeah, yeah. And rather than the amazing, like upbeat, makes you want to dance, work hard for the money that is already about sex work, it's some weird slow jam that I've never heard is of. That, is is that song out yet in 1982? Oh, it feels like late 80s to me. That could be. Also, wait, that no, that song is that Donna Summer or Gloria Estefan? I really don't know. Because I was just going to say that my brain is broken because I think of it got turned into a fast food jingle, didn't it? It did. Or hard for the money. Isn't there like a you work hard for your money. So McDonald's treats you right. It might have. I'll, I I think of the birdcage because uh, mm. Hank Azaria sings it. Okay. 
I also love the two parts of this montage. One, Keaton like stuffing tissues in so he looks bulkier, so that if they like have to, you know, he looks more muscly. Yeah, and then the other part, which maybe isn't in the montage, but it's, it's sh- shortly thereafter, if it's not, where Keaton's like, "Congratulations, you own a fast food restaurant." No, uh, it's it's Winkler who said, or uh, Winkler, not Heaton. Yeah, yeah. Well, also uh, during the montage, Winkler's on his computer because they mentioned before that he's a financial wizard and he just he works yeah. in the morgue for some reason. Which, well, he says really it earlier gets fully like they talk they he talks about it with michael keaton earlier in the movie he's like i he's like why do you read the wall street journal and he's like oh i used to be in stocks but i don't do that anymore he says why he says because i made me too neurotic i could i threw up every day oh okay so I, I forgot that he did they did explain that um but like the jump to morgue feels weird to me like agree you can yeah, go from agreed. you can be in it like a, a money person not in wall street like you can do that for lots yeah. of company lots of companies need money person absolutely yeah, um, absolutely. But as he's on his like green and black computer, the I'm assuming it's just I, I don't know how they made you know computer visuals in 1982 or 1981. Yeah, there's a, so many typos. There's so <laughs> many typos. Just, I didn't notice it, but that's really funny. I assume some like PA had to type it all out. Yeah, I I, I don't know because it, it the word uh, statement is missing a T. The word investment <laughs> is missing an N. Like. <laughs> consecutively like every time you see it and that montage is like four or five times every time there's a typo. yeah wow that's really funny like in the big stuff up top or yes. like sl- in the like down. wow like okay. investment the statement yeah the okay. headers oh wow wow i didn't catch that that's funny i usually do catch that stuff um so the job is the job of managing all this is slowly killing henry winkler who seems to do more work than michael keaton by a factor of like four to five I don't know if it's more work or different work because I don't think Winkler's taking the girls anywhere. Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. They don't. We just don't see that part of it. We only see Winkler, but that makes sense. He's the protagonist. Okay, you're yeah. right. You're right. Yeah, I think I think Keaton is like out in the field. He's the field okay. reporter, and Winkler is the like the desk reporter. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, so Winkler comes back to a full on frat party at the morgue, which is like going insane. I'm so, I'm bummed I didn't know to look for Kevin Costner. That's very funny. Um. And my favorite bit is like Winkler's trying to end the party. He's like, you know what you're partying next to? Dead bodies. I'll show you. And he rips the drawer open and it's Clint Howard. And he's like, so that's what it's like, <laughs> which is just perfect delivery. But also like that begs the question, what happened to the body that was in there? I mean, because there's no way Winkler doesn't know which drawers have bodies in them. So did they move I, well, it? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. They must have. Right. Or they're they're just in there with it. It doesn't seem like there'd be enough. I hope to God. No. Also, it took this long to see boobs yeah, in a movie I, about sex workers. I could not believe that. I, I will say uh, there is a really egregious thing that happens. I know we were talking about Shelley Long and saying, like, you know, it's hard to know, you know, much. Of, you know, we don't know her, obviously. But if Shelley Long does this and not just her character, then I have a lot of judgment for her because they leave a bagel shop and Shelley Long just starts chomping into a raw nude bagel. I mean, it's not even cut in half. There's no butter. There's no cream schmear. There's no sandwiching. Just biting into a bagel? What a maniac. I guess if it's a plain bagel, I wouldn't. It's a plain bagel. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I will say I like the the satisfying, like, tooth on the uh, the crust of the bagel that you don't get if it's cut in half. It's not as satisfying to bite through just the half the bagel. So I'll do the cream cheese sandwich on the bagel. Do you know what I mean? 
So, oh, you okay? So you're so, gonna take like a you're gonna I make it whole again so that I get that satisfying gotcha. bite. Although honestly, I got no problem with this. My favorite bagel is the Asiago cheese bagel from Panera, um, because when I worked in an office six years ago at this point, Jesus Christ, um, every like Friday someone would bring in something. It was pretzels or donuts or my favorite was the bagels and it was Panera. <laughs> I would be like wait for there to be a moment for me to sneak over there and get one of the cheese ones because there's only like two in there and they were sure, the best. Sure. I totally agree. I'll say here's my wild hot take. If a bagel is fresh, like it's not a grocery store bagel or a freezer bagel, mm-hmm. I don't want to toast it. You don't want to toast it? No, baby. That's fair. That nice fresh bread. Yeah. But I, 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 I went to school with a kid from New York and he ate one that way. There was a bagel store in College Park. Not that it was like some great bagel store, but it's like a place to get breakfast when you had a hangover or something. Like a Manhattan and bagel? He got, no, no, no. It was a, like a mom and pop shop. Okay. Um, but he, so it was right next to a Five Guys. And 99% of the time. French fries like and 11. a bagel. Oh, no, no, no. I just would go get Five Guys. <laughs> I, I was like, have, it's a. I would, I would, now I want to try Bagel Burger. Seems like. The ratio would be off. I had the same fleeting thought just now. Probably. I feel like your but also, bread to meat ratio is wrong. I generally don't like bagel sandwiches. I prefer a biscuit sandwich. Okay. I mean, that's fine. I get that. But I, like, I would, I would go to, my friends would go get bagel sandwiches, and then I would get a burger and fries, and then we would meet outside of the tables to eat. Mm-hmm. And people are always like, and I'm like, don't you touch the French fry. You had every opportunity to ask me Go inside and get a kid's fry for $3. Yeah, exactly. Nope. Absolutely unacceptable to me. You chose a bagel sandwich. This was your folly. But he he got a bagel uh, without toasting it. And I was like, oh, this is a revelation. Didn't know that was a never. I never had that. Hmm. Um, Anyway, so she eats this raw bagel. And then later we cut to it's a big old Christmas party. uh, Yeah, there's a company Christmas party right after he buys them the burger place. Yes. And uh, Winkler gets, I think, a mink hat. It's definitely an animal. That's some bad hat, Harry. <laughs> uh totally ridiculous for for Winkler but in the fun way and they get Keaton a practical gift they get him a tape recorder like a boombox thing which I was like this feels feels like you don't like Henry Winkler very well, much no, cuz okay. Henry Winkler is like excited about the hat he's like this is yes. a great hat and I, everyone's like it looks so good on you and I was like are we looking at the same hat the movie doesn't agree because you never see it again. You're right. <laughs> and if 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 they thought it looked good, you would see the hat again. This hat goes right back in the box and in the top of his closet. We also he 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 buys them a burger place, and at first I thought yeah. it was for like money laundering purposes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it just seems like he bought them a burger place. They own a franchise, I guess. Yes. And then they never talk about it again. And I was like, is it just for passive income? Yeah, basically, he bought yes. it with their money. Like I'm. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I. There's so many times in this movie where I feel like hijinks are going to ensue, and then they don't. And I, I meant to bring this up earlier, but it's fine. This is sexy burger. It could be a sexy yeah. burger. Yeah, I mean that's an option, but also it could just be like some of the women are not liking the investment or they're like well who told you what you could do with our money and like why you know what like whatever like all those things could be part of it but also like i genuinely almost forgot about richard like at the point at which richard belzer's character comes back which is not too long from now i kind of forgot about him and i was like oh right like that was supposed to be the looming threat because there eventually is a conversation i don't know if it's already happened or not but like keaton and and winkler are talking 
And he's like, oh, you know, I, I feel like we're this close to getting caught. And it's like, have the have Richard Belzer like lurking around and like in watching Winkler go home. Right. Just have like, don't I feel no, like no interaction. There should have been a few more because we see one scene of Belzer and his accomplice like kicking the shit out of someone being like. Someone took over the beat and blah, blah, blah. Yes, yes, yes. We needed a few more of those of them trying to figure out who it was and getting a hint each time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ultimately leading to, like, they're just standing inside Winkler's building as he comes in and watch him get on the elevator. And he's yes. like, why is that guy staring at me? You know, like, give me some of this stuff. Um, but instead, so it's Christmas party. We're, like, you know, drunk, staying up all night. Uh, everybody else is spending a lot of money. Winkler doesn't seem to be. And Keaton he's like, gives no, his I sad backstory. His sad, sober yes. backstory. Or not sober. Yeah. Sad drunk. He's very drunk. Yeah. And so like, what did you buy? And Henry Winkler's like, I'll show you. And he takes him to a cemetery. And Keaton's like, oh, this is a great investment idea, which it kind of probably is. I never thought about that. Uh, so, so does someone own a cemetery? I always assumed that they were like. Yeah. Like yeah. it was just like a government-y thing. No, people own cemeteries. Huh. Costs a lot of money to die. Like a lot of money. I know it's, it's that. Very, but. Yeah. Like to be like the funeral and the burial. It all is very expensive. Um, that's why I just want to be cremated. You can put me in a coffee can. Don't get a nice urn. Just go scatter them somewhere. But where? You have to tell somewhere me where. Nice. Yeah, I, I've got I've got ideas. A national park, maybe a beach somewhere. You know, just some somewhere nice. Uh, anyway, he bought a headstone for his dad, which is very sweet. Kind of kind of like weird in the movie, like because in terms like of tone. He's never really talked with a lot of reverence for his father. Nope. He's mentioned nope. him once. And- and yep. just the, the, it, only to the, say that he the died. mom ghost thing. Well, that the mom yells at him in the afterlife. Yeah. 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 There's never been a conversation about like, you know, my dad, I became a coroner because my dad worked like blah, blah, or like whatever. I mean, it doesn't have to be that, but just like the dad is never mentioned. And then all of it just I'll, feels I thought I genuinely thought he bought himself a funeral plot. <laughs> I did too. I was like, oh, it's going to be a headstone for him and the fiance and the fiance is going to think this is weird and, and leave him. Oh, I didn't think, I didn't think it was going to be a headstone. I thought it was going to be plot because you can buy your plot because that was a, mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a plot in the nanny. You can just buy your plot well, you can, now. You you can buy your headstone now too. Don't I buy your headstone. And- that feels a little toy, 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 but like <laughs> you can buy a plot and be ready. Yeah, I've heard and seen like where it's like people buy their headstone and they just don't engrave the death date. And I'm like, no, thank no. you. Just do the just do the plot. Yeah. Figure out where it's gonna but be. I, yeah. Yeah. I th- I was like, oh, that makes so much sense for his character that he'd be like, this is where I, I bought my I bought my funeral plot. Yeah. Absolutely. And instead there was like, I bought it for my dad. He's got the biggest headstone in the place now. And I was like, okay. And so yeah, he's like he had he had the smallest one and now it's the biggest. And then he and Shelly Long go back to her place where it's always cold. And I was like, I don't know if this is supposed to like imply that she's too poor to pay for her heat. Right. Or she's it's, just got a shitty the, apartment. If it was the beginning, you'd think it would be that. But then he he's like, oh, yeah, the heat doesn't come up to the fourth floor until about April or something. Yeah. And it's just like, well, you're both rich now. Like, like Michael Keaton has a brand new car with all the bells and whistles. All the women have fancy clothes. Like, why are you like, now you should move? Yeah. You should just still be living in squalor. Um, and so she's like, she says, she basically says, she says, you know, you're a good guy. You're decent. And he loses his goddamn mind that she called him decent. And I was like, yeah. that's the best compliment you've ever received. Yeah, it's a huge bummer. You're decent. <laughs> it's a huge bummer. Yeah, really huge By bummer. definition, that's not the highest compliment you can receive. Right, right. If that's the best that you get from your fiance, you should leave her. And so finally they like 
kiss in the longest, weirdest, unbroken kissing shot I've ever seen. I thought it was especially weird how Henry Winkler got out a stepladder to, to do it. Yeah. <laughs> because Shelley Long is three feet taller than him. Well, apparently that was one of the things that was annoying. She would always ruin the framing so that he looked short. Well, he... I, oh, so like they wanted him like he she would screw up his apple box or whatever i guess but i'm like i mean that's if that's why you why you're mad at Shelley long because you look short compared to her then you're like yeah short henry winkler what do you want go back to your race car bed <laughs> you so they, they kiss <laughs> uh then they're post-coital in the bathtub which is very why confusing. were they in the bathtub no water in it I, and it was like I was like, is it because it's warm? Because I was like, oh, maybe they're in the bath. It's like it's warm, but they're not in the water. They're no. just like in the tub under coats. It makes absolutely no sense. It's a weird choice. I didn't get it. My only thought was like, is it somehow a height thing? Like it makes Henry Winkler look less short. But I was like, no, if they're laying down on a bed, he, it wouldn't matter. You could frame it up like chest up. You wouldn't notice. Yeah, I didn't get it. Especially because in a lot of like sex worker, you know, um, media, it's like they don't have sex in their own bed. Right. So I was like, is that what this is trying? I was like, no, because this, this is the whole point would be that she's falling in love with him. So she would let him in her bed. Right. And then later he says the whole thing about, uh, is it Clute? Yes. Yes. He's referencing, he's referencing another movie, I believe is called Clute. That's also about a sex worker. And he's like talking about this. Jane scene Fonda from that is a sex worker. Right, right, right. And he's saying how it's fake. And Shelley Long is pointedly like, well, I don't wear a watch indicating like this isn't fake. I'm, you know, I care for you. And then we get the most predictable thing. And I was like, well, I wonder how long it's going to be before like Henry Winkler's mad that she's still doing her job. And it was, it's literally the, the, the subsequent scene. scene. He it's he like 45 the seconds. Room, like a little schoolgirl, mm-hmm. And he's like, I wouldn't count on Shelley Long coming back to work. And I was like, did I miss that line of dialogue? Right. And then right. she comes in. She's like, oh, sorry, I'm late. Who do I have tonight? And he's like, well, wh- I don't understand. And it's like, Brosif, she needs, like, you're engaged my... to someone else. <laughs> yes. And this is my job. I have to do it to put food in my mouth. Like, it'd be one thing if he was, like, single and he was like, we're going to be together. I can take care of you moment. But right. That's... But even that also is like, that's like what happens in Pretty Woman. And it's like, nah, I have a job. I'm good at it. Is that it what happens in Pretty Woman? It's been. A, You've never seen it. I don't think I have. Shocking to me. Okay. I've seen all the cl- all yeah. the hits, but yeah. Um, I was like, I-, I must have missed a scene, and I was like, no, I didn't. They just never talked about it because he's just yeah. assumed it. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's like, I don't understand why you didn't why you're not quitting. And she's like, you didn't quit. And he's like, I'm not a whore. And I was like, but you are engaged. <laughs> That's why yes. you didn't and quit, buddy. Right. Right. Yeah. Precisely. A hundred percent. She that that should that should have been her line. She should say, "And and did you leave your fiance? Mm-hmm. Did you quit your wife, or yeah. whatever?" Yeah. Um. So they they leave. Keaton's going to take her to a job, and Richard Belzer and his friend arrive to kick Winkler's ass. Um. Which obviously would not be very difficult because he's a <laughs> tiny man. Probably not. Um. um Shelley Long uh gets he takes her to the hotel and he's like, "You don't want to go up there," and she's like, "No," and he's like, "I'll take you home." And she's like, not used to this treatment before. And he's like, she's like, right. well, what about him? And he's like, I don't know. We'll figure it out. I'm gonna take I'll get him. I'll get him drunk and then tell him you were there. I'll get him drunk and take his clothes off and he'll think you were there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, And then we cut to this. It's definitely a gay bar that they're pretending yeah, is I was, a straight bar. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I, my note is why are there so many straight people at this gay club? Because yep. it's not just, it's not just like the bachelorette party invading the gay club space. It's like. 
a bunch of heterosexual couples dancing. This in is a gay and club. at this club that is definitely a gay club. One hundred percent. I mean, most of the people in it are very clearly gay men. Yes. Like very clearly. And so uh, Keaton's there. And he's and he. There's two cops that are talking about like, oh, there's we're on the narcotics. It's very much like, well, isn't it great that we are cops who who look for drugs and we are cops? And well, no, they said I wish we were back on Vice, which is sex crimes. Oh, is that I didn't know Vice was sex crimes. Yeah, yeah. And, also, one of these two cops is the absolute spitting image of Rob Hubel, the comedian. I'm sure you've seen him and stuff. He plays like douchey brothers. <laughs> is sort of his steez. Is he the one from um? From The Office and Krampus? No, that's Dave Keckner. Okay. I mean, yeah. that's who you just des- you described that energy. No, 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 no. I don't I don't think it's bad. I just Hubel is as uh less less mean looking than Dave Keckner does. But uh I couldn't I was like, wait, is that him? No, that can't be right. This is like 30 years before his career started, but I was doing a triple take. Um, so he pitches to the cops about his 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 sex worker business. Right, right. Uh which is kismet because they're going to kill Henry Winkler. Yes. Yeah. It, it's it's very funny. It's like the opposite. It's tension in the opposite way where it's like, oh, are they going to open the door? Like, is is the bad guy, you know, it's like, are they hiding from the bad guy? And is the bad guy open the door? And this and this is a flip of that where it's like, is the good guy going to get there in time? Because Henry Winkler has been tied to the morgue thing and they put a fire hose in his mouth. They also turn it on, which like, that's, yeah, you're, you're dead. It should if not, not dead, on. you're in a lot of pain. Yeah, it's it's stupid that they turn it on. It would blow his head off. Like it would just turn him. It would turn him into pudding. It, yeah. It's got an unbelievable amount of pressure coming out of it. Instead, it's like played played silly. Like it's pinwheeling out of his mouth, which I understand. But. Yeah, but I, come on. And then the police show up, and there there's a shootout, and Henry Winkler is just slowly spinning around in the middle of the room, taped to the gurney thing. Yeah, it's awesome. And it's like, like I said to you before, it's like, where's this Ron Howard? This is like a kinetically fun action sequence. This yeah. is great. It looks great. Where did this the go? camera moves. Yeah. So they, they, the Richard Belzer shoots himself, which I really like. No, he gets, he gets shot reaching for his gun. I no, thought. no, he shoots, he goes to switch guns and he shoots himself in the foot. Oh, I thought he was reaching for the gun that fell in and shot, got shot. No, he like runs out of bullets in his shotgun and he throws it down and he's going to pull up pistol out of his ankle holster and in doing so shoots himself in the foot <laughs> and then starts going like ow 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 uh so they go to prison uh, i love keaton's energy for getting his mugshot. yes he's like they don't have a it's, it's beetlejuice he's like they don't have a comb yeah 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 this, i wasn't that ready can, I, can you take it again I, I wasn't i wasn't looking yeah so they're in prison and and uh, there's like a funny bit with some extra uh, one's like one or two line actor who's like Keith uh, Winkler's like, oh, I wish I was dead. And the guy's like, you want to be dead? I love this is <laughs> it, it made me laugh so much. Yeah, it felt like a Bob's Burgers joke, honestly, like it's a little too dark, but it's the, the right energy. Yeah, he would be saying it to Bob in like the grocery store yeah. or something. He'd be like, please go away. Yeah. No, thank you. sir. <laughs> or yeah, Bob gets arrested for some like misunderstanding and he's like. I could do that for you. He's like, no, no, please, no, <laughs> please go away. Um, so the Teddy fiance you, shows up. <laughs> Teddy, Teddy, please, please, Teddy. <laughs> you want to file that? Uh, <laughs> no, I just want you to pay the bail, Teddy. Thank you. Um, so the fiance shows up. Who, by the way, um, I have this written down here and forgot, but she played the therapist on three episodes of Seinfeld. I don't know. If oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think Elaine went to see her and then George does. Um, 
She spits on Henry Winkler. She, which no, is like, she flew in from Indiana. Yes. And I was like, oh, this is crazy. And she flew in from Indiana to spit on him and say goodbye. And I was like, that's yeah. an expensive fuck off. Yes. Yes. You could have just let him rot. It would have been easier. Write a letter. Mm-hmm. We're through. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing else. Uh, so, yeah. So they go to meet with a lawyer. No, we get a shitty gay like, joke. Don't, don't wipe, don't glo- gloss over the shitty gay joke. I genuinely missed it. I'm sorry. Yeah, Henry Winkler is like, sp- she spit on me. I deserve to be spit on. I'm I'm at my lowest, and he sits on the floor, and then he looks over, and there's an effeminate man who's cut out hearts from his newspaper and holds it up to his chest and wiggles, and he goes, never mind, it could go lower. And I was like, why? Come on. <laughs> I totally missed that. Um, well, they go to meet with a lawyer, and the lawyer's like... Uh, in the interest of getting reelected, everyone wants this to go away. So they're just going to give you your They don't say, mention, the, the subtext is, this happened on government property. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, I feel like they need a little more explicit of like, because you were doing this out of a government facility in yes. a government-owned building. Taxpayers paid for this. Uh, so they like, oh, we'll get your jobs back. And so Winkler's like, oh, thank God I can just go back to my regular life, which is what he wants. And Keaton's like, no, we've got them over a barrel. Like they, if they, if their starting position is this, we can get more out of them. And he's right. He's right. He's absolutely right. He's going a little far with saying, let's, let's go to the mayor's office. But like, you can, you can squeeze a few drops out of this. I mean, you could 100% get put back on the day shift. That's what I said. At the very least, get the day shift back. Right, right. But then he wouldn't get to be with Shelley Long. And we all know he's going to end up with Shelley Long. Right, right. Uh, so they're like, can we speak alone? And they have a great physical fight between the two of them, which is funny because like neither of these guys is the fighting type. But yeah. uh, it just, it, just delightful watching them destroy this office. Like the tennis swings, like uh, Winkler tries to hit him with a racket and Keaton is giving him tips on swinging his racket. Better. Stiff in your elbow, it's buddy. Good stuff. Keep the elbow yeah. up. And then I was like bummed. I was like, oh, they just ruined this office. And now this guy, now they lost all their power and leverage. Right, right. So they like, you know, separate and 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 go their separate ways. And we see Winkler. He also, at the end, he bl- he's like, everything that all, you've ruined my life, Michael Keaton. Yes. And I was like, you're an autonomous human man. Right. Like, I hate you this made shit. choices. Like, you, you did this. Yeah, yeah. It was his idea, but you said sure. Yeah. Uh, so we get Winkler outside his apartment and... I see this guy come off the elevator. I'm like, oh, that's Vincent Chiavelli. And then he disappears. The, and I'm like, The subway did, ghost did... or the organ grinder clown. Yes. And I was like, did Vincent Chiavelli really just have... Because like, he is a distinctive guy. When you see him down a hallway, you're like, oh, that's Vincent Chiavelli. And I was like, wow, they... He was really in this just as like an extra, I guess. And then he comes back around the corner and is like, hey, are you 4K? And I'm like, well, oh, first, right. Shelley okay, Long is, has, they first, he has a conversation with Shelley Long. Oh, right, right. She's right, like, right. I'm moving out. I'm going condo. And right. I was like, just I'm talk to each other. Maybe. Like, you both want to apologize. Yeah. Like, yeah. come on. I mean, it's classic. It's classic rom-com stuff. I know, but I was like, there's 10 minutes left. Yeah, we got to get out of here. I'm tapping my wrist here. Like, let's go, baby. We got to wrap this up. ABC is pulling the plug as hockey's on in 10 minutes. Yeah, exactly. The commercials need to run in a 30-second squirm, so hurry up. Um. So, yeah, so she she's like, I probably won't see you again. And she leaves and she tells him where she's working now or where she's going to be working. And the the I really like that. Like we see Henry Winkler finally like become assertive and he's like yelling at Vincent Chevalier like this has mustard. I asked he, goes, no mustard. This has, he goes, this sandwich has mustard on it. And the guy goes, so and he goes, it's egg salad. And I was like, OK, that's 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 not yeah, that weird. Not weird. Yeah, I like, agree. It's I a peanut like, butter sandwich. That's yes, weird. Yes. But like right. mustard on your egg salad sandwich. 
Like I feel like I would do that. I've I don't done eat that. a lot of egg salad, but yeah. I mean, so I love him. Vincent Chiarelli takes the sandwich and swipes the mustard on his door frame and puts it back, and then is like, "Bye." <laughs> I solved Which, like, your problem. I, I was like, Vincent Chevelli is in the Michael Ke- is in Michael Keaton's movie. They're yes, both of this yes. crazy, like yes. everyone's an eleven universe. Yes. Uh, so he finally stands up for himself. He yells at he yells at him about the mustard. Then he yells at the dogs that have harassed him the whole movie. That I don't think we talked about. No, previously, we didn't mention he, them. He's like, stop, go back home. And the dogs do it, and then he storms into this sex club where not only is Shelley Long working, but also Michael Keaton. And also, it's like instead of what it's I imagine, cool looking. Yeah, it's, it's like pretty cool. It's like a children's playground. It's I was gonna like say a, it looks. It's like Disney themed. It's like yes, a, a volcano <laughs> water slide into a pool. Yes, but yes. everyone's it looks, naked. It looks like the uh, cheap knockoff, like roadside tourist trap version of a Disney water park. Yes, very much. That. Like the the volcano is made of crepe crepe paper, creepy paper, paper, and and like tinsel. And uh, but Keaton is also there as a Tarzan dressed cowboy. Yeah, and I was like, I feel like that could have been a skimpier outfit because there's, there's, come on, there's no way there's not some people who are like, I want to look at it, I won't touch it, yeah. I just want to look at yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, even though there's a couple of topless women, but mostly people are like pretty clothed, which shocked me. Yeah, for, for this movie, Winkler runs in and he's being like, "Where's Belinda? I need to speak with Belinda." And I was like, "Hey, buddy, sex worker one hundred and one. She's not using her real name." Yeah, yeah. I hate to be like, the one to tell you that, dude, but uh also not for nothing, but like Belinda isn't a sex worker name. <laughs> no. That's not she's got not a very, different like, sexy. Name. Yeah, it's cherry or something. Like it's not Belinda. Champagne. Yeah. So there's a good bit of business with Keaton is like trying to prevent him from looking for her, and he keeps like fainting and ripping open these doors. And at one point we hear like a goat sound, which is kind of good. Yeah, he keeps opening door. I'm like, these are all sex doors, but like, yeah. Even if you find her behind one of these doors, she's a little busy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so finally we see her, and she's not uh, actively working at the moment. And so Winkler's like rushing off to talk to her. In the meantime, some guy sidles up to her and starts, you know, spitting game. And Winkler's like, no, 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 I got business to attend to here. And the guy's like, hey, I saw her first. Go away. So they have. And like, Winkler's like, actually, forth. I saw her first. <laughs> so they have a little back and forth. And then the dude punches Henry Winkler, at which point Keaton does a full on 90s ECW balcony dive and no water in the pool. Well, <laughs> see, t- to me, it's what I call the. Floor. the- Disney Channel dummy flop that they did oh, on yeah, yeah. every show. That's so Raven, Lizzie McGuire, yeah. Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. They got one dummy. They put it in some clothes that the main character wears and just drop it flat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he gets just completely splats. Uh, Winkler finally says, I love you after like a little bit of consternation here. Um, and then Winkler grabs the owner of the, he's on a high from this and he grabs the owner of the place and he's like giving him the business because the owner was being mean to uh keaton and he was and like, shelly too was it being, i didn't even think he was being mean to shelly oh i guess not i i, I it, that he yeah, said henry right. he said michael keaton you're fired get the fuck out of here yeah. schmuck so he's like grabbing this guy's lapels and yelling at him. He's like, is that a gun in your pocket and the guy's like it is and then keaton push, or uh, winkler pushes him in the pool and they all run away I did love the, it was the, it's the perfect punchline because he's like building up, building up. He's like, I have one question yeah, yeah. for you, punk. Is that, is that a gun in your pocket? And he's like, fine. Yeah. Yeah. So they run off into traffic. Uh, Keaton is cold. So Winkler gives him his jacket and then they like walk down the street and the credits start rolling. They're going like to go to a diner. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel like so many movies ended so abruptly back in the day, and it's just like kind of pleasantly different than like having a real formal like final end to the movie. It's just like no, that's it. Goodbye. And they just walk away. It's mm-hmm. very delightful. And all all of the music was by Burt Bacharach. <laughs> yes, yeah, and the the main title the song as well, which always makes me think of Austin Powers. <laughs> yeah, me too. I can't I can't not hear his name and it's Burt Bacharach. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I'm pretty sure he also was involved with Butch Cassidy, which is one of my all-time faves. But uh, anyway, what are your uh, final thoughts? It's and, fun. Uh, do you recommend this? I mean, I, we, did we say that mom wanted us to do this one for a while? Yeah, this this is a long time gestating. Mom was like, you should do this. You should do this. Um, it's fun. Yeah, I agree. I, I I think I would like this more if it was a little different, but it's you know pretty solid as it is. Henry Winkler's very good. Uh, Shelley Long's very good, who's not normally somebody I really have any opinion on. I think yeah. she's pretty solid here. I mean, I think um, her best work is the Brady Bunch movies. Oh, that's right. She is in those. She's isn't Mrs. She? Brady. That's right. Yeah, I totally spaced on that, but you're right. Yeah, she's she's very funny. She's I mean, she's a very talented actress. Obviously, people don't like to work with her, but that doesn't affect me in any way, yeah. so I don't care. Um, but yeah, I think it's a pretty solid movie. If you've not seen it before, you gotta rent it right now anyway. I got mine through the local library. Um but yeah, uh, you'll have to go track it down. But it's worth your time. It's a, it's a solidly funny movie, and it's got some great Keaton business. So uh, yeah, a really worth, great Keaton it. performance. Yeah, I, I, if you can get over the Bill Murray thing, like I didn't. But yes, I. Agree. Oh, apparently, real quick. Uh, apparently, Kurt Russell read for the, the Keaton role, mm, and I can see it. Interesting. Yeah, I me think, too. Me I too. think a, a mid late eighties Russell would have been a better fit. But the problem is that all the women would just want to have sex with Kurt Russell instead of doing the sex work. Yeah. And would have just been Kurt be Russell job. And, yeah, Kurt Russell and nine women. It's not really as entertaining a movie. Uh, anyway, uh, if you uh, if you like the show, please go review it wherever you get it. We read those on the air. And if you do like it, uh, another thing you can do to help us out is to tell two friends about it. It's always good to spread the word about things you like. So do that if you have not done that. Um, check us out at Dissect the 80s on Twitter and on Facebook. It's Dissecting the 80s. Thank you so much for listening to the show. We really appreciate it. Can't believe it's nine years on and we're, yeah, we're still plugging along here. Would not be here if not for the fine support of the people on Patreon. So thank you again, especially to those folks who support us there. And if you would like to uh, like to get more of this show, head on over to patreon.com slash Dissecting the 80s and get all the bonus content. I think it's like 25, almost 30 hours of bonus content you get instantly and you get an RSS feed so you can listen to it all in your favorite podcast player. So patreon.com slash Dissecting the 80s. Thank you so much for listening to the show. We will be back in two weeks with an episode on... It's almost spooktacular time. It is. Oh, actually, let me look up John Hughes movies and see which one... So I can remember which one's my favorite. We haven't 100% decided what our next movie is. I think we're doing Spaceballs is my is my hunch. We're finally getting into Mel Brooks territory here. I'd be down for so, that. Yeah, so I think we'll be back in two weeks with Spaceballs. If it's not Spaceballs, I will, I will post a tweet. Um, thank you so much for listening. I have been Trip Leno. I will always be Andrew Leno. And his favorite John Hughes movie is... So I think it's, it's, it's a tie between Uncle Buck and Weird Science. I thought you didn't like Weird Science. No, I like uh, Weird I Science. Put, I, I, I rank Uncle Buck very highly as well. I was just... Uh, we should do that. We'll do that for one of the John Candies for sure. Yeah, for Candy Dams. Yeah, exactly. We'll see you in two weeks, folks. Bye-bye. Don't you forget about me. Dissecting the 80s is a Chum Some of This production. <laughs> <laughs>